Back in the 90s, people talked about two things, Nirvana <laughs> and the Bridges of Madison <laughs> County. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello, hello. Yes. That was very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I almost went with fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's go with fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> By the way, all the Debbies out there that are listening, not you. Sorry, Debbie. <laughs> Some other Debbie. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hi, my name is. What? Yeah. My name is. <laughs> Who? <laughs> fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> what, what was the impetus, by the way, behind the looping my name is Khan video because in did. the movie he says he says it very deliberately uh the actor cumberbatch says yeah, yeah. my name is and it just came to me um <laughs> slim shady and so it just messing around with the footage it came together now in terms of looping it over and over again that was just a lark i think i emailed chris and said what if i loop this over like 20 minutes and we just <laughs> yeah. made it a separate video <laughs> it's going over and over and he was like sure what the hell and so we put it out and people seem to like it that i actually made it through probably about five minutes of it just because it, it it made me laugh and then i was like oh and then it made me laugh it gets better the more you listen to it it's one of those uh it's one of those things like back in the earlier days where we would just throw shit up onto this channel <laughs> who gives a fuck now we've sort of gotten of that that zone where it's like eh putting up some extra video isn't going to do anything for anybody or anything <laughs> so um we're going to continue our road trip on the road again the most time-honored tradition of all the road trip oh the places you'll go are we there yet no are we there yet no are we there yet no this road week, trip. shotgun um oh you have shotgun huh i've called shotgun i'm a tall motherfucker did you not know that yeah you, but you it's still you have to call it um and you didn't so have fun in the well, back seat <laughs> I'll, I'll be driving then Shit. because i will not be in the back seat Shit. well be, then barrett's in the back i think i'm always in the back seat mm. but that's all right you got um, your blankie and your stuffies <laughs> we're gonna do two we're gonna do two states that um don't have a lot of film production going right. on but uh, Indiana and Iowa today. Hey, yeah. Indiana. They both Indiana, have interesting Indiana. ones. I'm an Indiana boy. That's right. I grew up in Indiana. I spent formative years from age five to age well, 19-ish. Did you have a good-looking mama that never was around? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There's pigeons there on Market Square. She's standing in her underwear. I don't know why I did like a Christopher Walken version. <laughs> Of Tom Just standing in a underwear. Yeah. Underwear. <laughs> um, yeah, tell, tell us about some Indiana. Well, I was going to say, do you want to know why movies don't film in Indiana very often? Because it's literally just one big flat piece of nothing. Mm -hmm. Man, I would drive back from Chicago to Nashville through Indiana, and it went on for fucking ever. Well, especially if you're driving north to south. Yes. Yeah, it's like going east to west across Ohio. Fuck that. <laughs> I had, like, I had, my last car broke down in Indiana. <laughs> oh, that's right. And that's when you got the one you got now. I got, got the now. one I got now. Yeah. You, were, you actually went up to visit. You yeah, went, that drive to visit went, Barrett. Drove, in, drove up to see Barrett in Chicago where we saw, that was the Blackhawks Predators game where mm -hmm. the Predators won six to nothing. Yeah. I think. yeah. That was a regular season game. <laughs> 
Um, but, uh, and you know what? Also, uh, fuck Indiana on this part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I broke, my car broke down in there and everything. And it is exactly how Jeremy described it. However, the, the, the time zone thing that, oh, that, yeah, right. That drives me crazy. Central, Eastern, Central. <laughs> who, who, who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? Um, just be glad they actually changed their clocks now because it used to be they didn't. Oh, really? No, like when, in fact, uh, one of my dad's favorite stories to tell is when we moved and, um, he, he would, was a pastor in Baltimore and took a job as a pastor in Indiana. And the first Sunday happened to be daylight savings weekend. And he ended the service reminding everybody to change their clocks. And they were like, no, no, we don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> they all stood up and like angrily, no, they do now, but they didn't. So I go to college, one state over in Illinois and, and I had to do math every time I wanted to call my parents. Cause what, what time of year is it? Okay. Well, they're either an hour ahead of me or they're the same time as, but well, fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, the time zones in the middle of states. Every time I go over to Chattanooga, I'm just like, how do you, how did, where did you figure out how to draw this line? Yeah. Not make any sense. Yeah. I don't get it. But, um, but, uh, yeah. And I remember also there being a lot of, um, was it, was it wind or was it solar or was it, it was wind power. Yeah. Machine. Windmills up in the north part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember it's a little creepy a of, at first. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first it's like, oh, there's a few of those. And then it's like, they're all <laughs> they're over the place. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause there's no mountains or any kind of geology to get in the way of the wind. Nope. Just corn and soybeans. That's right. Uh. <laughs> um go through all the, this alphabetical list here that uh that barrett prepared for us um blue chips i never saw blue chips i know Sh- nick nolte and shaquille o'neal yep. wow and penny hardaway too i think you would have fun watching this movie oh yeah it's it's did you ever see the program yes <laughs> it's basically the program for basketball okay um and I, I think the program is bad, but I love it. Is it like he got game a little bit then? I mean, I know Blue Chips is a lot light, more light. It's more about the process and that, that everything is coming to light now about like how big players are Somebody being Somebody big did table. this. Wasn't it like William Friedkin directed y- yes, this? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. I, like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. unreal. Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's true. <laughs> William Friedkin did this movie. Do you think Shaq even knew who that was? Probably not. Uh, Shaq's name in this movie is Neon Boudreaux. <laughs> he's from like louisiana or something right uh, now had he was he still at lsu when no this, no no he it, he was uh with the magic at this point but okay. young enough to pass off as a college yeah kid. yeah 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 um but yeah i don't i, I didn't see it i i know I, I, I was at a theater that had it but we never saw it it's edited if i remember correctly it's edited really almost manically well some of the basketball stuff is yeah see here's the deal indiana's basketball heaven Mm -hmm. right maybe more than any other state they love basketball the way texans love football the way tennesseans seem to love football uh the way you know californians love baseball whatever the fuck your state loves Mm -hmm. everybody plays basketball in indiana it's the biggest thing in the whole wide world for a long time i lived in anderson for a long time the largest high school basketball auditorium in the country was in anderson indiana oh yeah for anderson high school it's called the wigwam Uh um which is in hindsight, kind of racist. Yes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were the Anderson yes, Indians. Yes, um, anyway, basketball is huge. And so that's probably why they set this movie somewhat well, it's actually in Indiana. Set, yeah, somewhat. It, it, it's a Los Angeles basketball team that Nick Nolte is 
recruiting Penny Hardaway and uh, and Neon. Um, but uh, they play a big game against the actual Bob Knight in mm. Indiana. For the, wow. For oh, so many people who, may, who were in this movie have been disgraced. Yeah. Rick Pitino's in it? Yeah. Rick Pitino's in it? Yes, he is. That's awesome. Well, I mean, and along those lines, talking about basketball movies in general, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Is, Hoosiers is a great movie. It's got a great soundtrack to it. It even, does. But it's one of the best underdog sports. It's one of the best sports movies ever. I think if you were to, if, if we were to do what we did with the best of the years we, since we've been born with sports movies, I think Hoosiers would probably contend mm-hmm. and almost certainly be in the top five. Oh yeah, for certain. I I don't I can't imagine very many going past it. No, be- and I'm a huge The Natural fan and yeah. everything. And and I watched that movie that movie above almost every other sport. I think every sports movie easily. Uh, but Hoosiers is a better movie than the National. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah. I love Gene Hackman in this, and Dennis Hopper is really good in this. Too. Dennis Hopper does this does this thing like to the second half of his career where he just goes full walking. Yeah, <laughs> whether he's playing a criminal in a drama or the bad guy in Waterworld, he just dials it up too far. But there was a time people forget when he was just kicking ass as yeah. an actor yeah um he made another movie this year uh blue velvet, blue velvet. was another one the, now he got nominated for hoosiers and uh blue velvet he did not but rightfully two, so two extremely just polar opposites yeah. you know in the same year um <laughs> who was he in blue velvet frank yeah frank was his name god damn that's such a such, terrifying such, performance he's such a, he's such a awful evil person <laughs> but uh, he's so he's so alcoholically pure in this movie yeah you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah all right guys we're gonna run the picket fence um but yeah like that, that i i love that too how how gene hackman gets him to like you know he, he gets himself thrown out of the game yeah at one point yeah. he's like you don't kick me out of the game right now i'm gonna start i'm gonna start uh, uh crying like a, a fool or something like that and the guy's like okay you wanted it and, and he kicks him out and he's like what like, <laughs> and then and he goes over to this opera he's like I did it again. <laughs> Guess you're going to have to run this. <laughs> and that's what forces him into sobriety, right? Basically, I mean, the responsibility he's given as an assistant coach, uh, I think, is what kind well, of forces him. Well, doesn't it? Isn't it? No, he shows up. I don't know. I thought he didn't he go to the hospital by the end of it. He's in the hospital. Yeah, I thought that he was almost all the way. Well, he does. He does clean up, I guess, at that point. He cleans up and then he does that thing where he. He goes off the wagon and storms in in the middle of a game. Yeah, yeah. The court the big flash and, yeah, yeah. And then there's some kind of accident. I don't think it's the alcohol that sends him to the oh, hospital. Really? I think he like falls or mm. like hurts himself. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, we know this movie super well. <laughs> yeah, but there's a point where like uh, where his I guess yes, his son who's on the team. He's like Coach Dale. I don't know what you do this thing with your dad. I don't my my dad. I don't get it. And he goes, "What do you don't?" He's like, "He's like, what do you mean by that?" And he goes, "Because he's a drunk. He's doing <laughs> something stupid." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Hoosiers is Hoosiers is a great movie. Overall. By the way, I mentioned the natural Barbara Hershey's in both of these movies. What a weird. You want to know even crazier? Mm-hmm. So David Onspa, who did who directed Hoosiers, mm-hmm. also directed Rudy. Really? Yes. Also, Rudy. also a movie also set a, in Indiana. Oh, well, there you go. It's something about Indiana that seems to have—I didn't realize this until just now. 
But even that list you sent for show prep, there's a lot of sports movies in this yeah, list. Yeah. Well, there's not much to do. <laughs> no, exactly. We got baseball fields here. Come shoot here. We'll give you a discount. Uh, Rudy's, you know, Rudy's one of those movies that tries to be Hoosiers, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a little too much cheese. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I like Rudy. Yeah. I mean, I do too. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, and what and what real and what happened with the real guy? Did he even ever get into a game? He got into a game. I don't know if he actually got a tackle because in in the movie Rudy he gets a tackle. Yeah, like or he, even a sack. Like or he doesn't like even. I think in real life he doesn't even get it. He gets that one. He gets like a kneel down or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. It's it, real brief. Yeah, yeah. There's also something about Joe Montana in here. Well, well, I mean, he was well. He played Montana for Notre Dame. Went to Notre Dame yeah. didn't he? No, but I mean, I think he came out and when the movie came out, I think he came out and said the movie is way over inflating this guy or oh, something yeah. like that. <laughs> he's I think the he's, only guy to say fuck Rudy. Yeah. I think it's some, I think he said something. You're you're going to find out later when you're editing the episode and doing the research. Yeah. I think he, Joe Montana said something negative about the movie. Oh, I don't. God. I don't actually don't remember too much. I I think the last time I saw this is when it came out. Uh, but I do remember uh, John Favreau being in this. Yeah, he's he's uh, on the the team. He's yeah, like, and John like, Favreau always he's got these movies where he plays like these jocks in the muscle head yeah, and stuff like that. But there's a point where because he, he says goddamn all the way through the movie and everything, uh-huh. and then he gets a girlfriend, and by the end of it, he's like he's like he's about to say it again, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I can't say goddamn no more." <laughs> <laughs> Favreau, yeah, I know. Has anybody had a more bizarre film career I, than John Favreau? I don't think so, man. Like, think about all the diverse movies he's either directed or been in. Yeah, uh, it's it is kind of uh, amazing to look at. His yeah, because because the guy, you know, you you look at Swingers, which was the first time I really remember seeing Favreau mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, even though I had seen him and other stuff before that. When you see Swingers and you know, okay, that guy wrote Swingers. Okay, I get it. And then Made, you're like, okay, yeah, he, I could see him directing and mm-hmm. writing and directing Made or whatever. But then it was like Zathura and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and Elf and, right. uh, and then Cowboys and Aliens and, and then Iron Man, Iron Man and all that. And then it just, yeah, he's the, the guy ha- doesn't really put himself in a box on anything i guess he's almost like ron howard ron howard's had a really varied career that's that's probably apt uh ron howard oh you want to transition sure ron howard was in the music man oh yeah another indiana movie well technically i mean it's mostly an iowa movie right oh i thought it was in indiana no it's uh he's under iowa the music man well listen there's the song gary indiana Yeah, yeah yeah from the musical and he's from that's his hometown so i think it's at least worth discussing okay but since we're Aren't we doing Iowa yeah, later today? <laughs> so let's just save Music Man for Iowa then. <sighs> All right. Um, going on down the list here, um, Breaking Away, I haven't seen this. And this is a big movie. I mean, I, I guess it's a middle big movie. It's one of those well-known titles, yeah, but yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. A Christmas Story. Now, that's huge. That's huge, man. Now, uh, that was definitely based in Indiana. It's based on a a play um, yeah. that's based on the stories the guy, from the author. The guy who wrote it is the guy who narrates the movie. Is that right? Yeah, he's nice. the guy who narrates all the way through it. And that's why I feel like it. it that narration feels so rich in that movie is because he he's like chewing on those words because <laughs> yeah. he wrote them and everything. You I know? love when he's describing uh, when his dad goes down to fix the, the heater mm-hmm. and uh, – He's, he's like, my father wove a tapestries of profanity so much. 
laptop <laughs> yeah, that is still yeah. hovering in a blanket over Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he calls, you know, and he gets that, that uh, leg lamp or yeah. whatever, and then he, he calls it the electric sex in the window. <laughs> <laughs> you, see it, you, you, you see him, like, start rubbing the leg. Whoa. Um, I, uh, we, we always say that around the house anytime a box comes in because it comes in and it says fragile and he's like fragile <laughs> it must be from italy yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a weird movie because surprise surprise uh, i was not allowed to watch this movie growing up oh yeah it is a little on the raunchy side i, I guess i mean i don't know if it's the raunch the sexy leg lamp <laughs> the bb gun play all of that was too strong i guess Meanwhile, I'm watching the musical version of Scrooge where he literally goes to hell in chains. <laughs> never mind. I'll talk to my therapist about that. Uh, but I don't have the, that connection. I totally, I've seen this movie. I really like it. Uh, I think it's really great. But there's something it captures for you guys that I've never had that same feeling mm. for. And that's probably just because I never watched it growing up. Uh, and I never. Yeah, in our house, because all the It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Story would play on repeat. On one of the cable channels or mm. two of the cable channels, and for whatever reason, in my house, it was always turned to the a Christmas story. Well, there's a my, my dad loves it so yeah. much. There's a channel that every year TNT. plays it 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I'm, I know I'm the odd man out here. <laughs> I just it's weird that I never got that same experience. It's sort of like like the way I feel about Back to the Future. I would probably feel that way about a Christmas story if I'd watched it every year growing up mm. instead of watching it as a college student going. So this is the movie everybody loves. <laughs> yeah. By I, the way, I found this Montana quote. I'm sorry, but we got to go back to Rudy for a second. <laughs> okay. Joe, Joe Montana says, it's a movie, remember? Not all that's true. After a dismissive sigh, Montana undermined some of the main storylines in the movie, saying, the crowd wasn't chanting. Nobody threw in their jerseys. <laughs> Montana acknowledged that the real Rudy did play in the final home game and did get a sack, but oh, stated that when the players carried Rudy off the field, they were kind of playing around. I won't say as a joke, but playing around. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Meaning Joe finished. He worked his butt off to get where he was, but not any harder than anybody else. Mm. So Throwing Joe Montana shade. is salty about Rudy. Wow. It's like he hasn't had enough alcohol. Right, four Super Bowls, and I'm still mad they're making a movie about that guy. I, I, I do wonder what led to Montana being so, so dickish about that. I don't, I don't know, know, man. Like, he might have gotten just tired of hearing about it. Maybe. It might have been one of those things. Like, wasn't that a great story? Isn't that a great feel I like story? the dim dismissive sigh. Well, and he's like, I love the idea that they carried him off the field kind of mocking him. Not really doing it as yeah. though he was a hero. He's so tiny. <laughs> yeah. Sean asked, is Sean Aston really that small? I don't think is, so. Or was it all perspective? I, I, I they just always no cast him with uh, Shaq type actors to make him look small. Yeah. No, I think he's actually pretty diminutive. He's actually the size of a hobbit. No, but he's like probably like 5'4 or something. Mm. Man, I would love it if that's exactly how tall Sean Aston is. I'm looking it up. It rules so hard. 5'4, come on, 5'4. He's probably more like 5'7. Of course, IMB, IMDB doesn't have it. They don't have height on IMDB? <laughs> they usually do. What the do they wrong with them? Yeah. I'm going to Google it now because Google's our friend. This is good quality radio right mm -hmm. here. That's doesn't right. doesn't say on that either. Maybe he's trying to hide it. I think that's we're starting to... There's conspiracy at work or, here. Or maybe... <laughs> it's I'm like an dead. onion. <laughs> the more Can't... layers you peel, the more it stinks. I think there's a little uh, Russian yeah, hacking going on with the... <laughs> yeah, they don't want you to know what Sean Aston's height is. So it might be close on 5'4". Because four. that might make uh, you have a misinformed uh, decision. You want to call him up? Let's yeah. call him up. Hang on. I bet Oop, his phone number is easier to find. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> oh man! Uh, but uh, to 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 sign off on a Christmas story, I think every <laughs> every single bit of that movie is great. There's not. I don't think there's any slow moment or mm-hmm. any bad moment in it. Nope. Uh, my favorite moment is it's going to be impossible to talk about on the radio because it's, you really have to visualize it. But if you know the movie, it's the part. It's not just that Ralphie beats up the bully, uh-huh. which is a great scene, mm-hmm. but it's his friend who tells him his mom is, is, is right around the corner. And he's like, Ralphie, your mom, your Ralphie, your mom. And then, and he just realizes it's, it's too late and he cuts himself off and he, he looks up with this expression like, Oh, he's so, so, so he's in so much trouble. <laughs> you know, it's just that look that kid gives. It cracks me up every time. <laughs> um during that whole thing um yeah it's great man and he's in there beating the bully up and everything he's like oh dark damn <laughs> do we, do, did you find it i googled how tall is sean astin and it says five seven oh. oh which was my second guess yeah solid i was just hedging my give first you, guess give you credit for that so that was a Christmas story and Sean Astin's height. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little that bit of back <laughs> That was the segment. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, well, you know, Melinda Dillon is in a Christmas story and plays the mom. She's great in a Christmas story. She's also in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. Mm. It's not a movie people think of as an Indiana movie. Well, it actually kind of surprised me uh, because you think your mind goes towards the rock the devil's rock right and, and i guess that's utah right it's definitely not indiana it's yeah it's in the west it's in the way it's in yeah. the rockies but yeah it starts in both uh, richard dreyfus and melinda Dillon, and everybody is in indiana when they encounter these things mm-hmm. i don't know how they end up you know going all the way to to the rockies but yeah that's where it By starts the way that's one of the i may have taught we may have talked about this before but uh close encounters has a has a strange ending to me because remember melinda Dillon's kid was taken like early in the movie right and then when they finally make contact with the aliens by the end of it they're like here are all the people we've taken here's people who've been gone for 50 years and oh yeah the kid we took three months ago right (laughs) we're done with him we don't need this anymore um (laughs) we've learned everything we can it's been 50 years because the 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 fighter pilot right is like reporting for duty right yeah the guy's like i'm from this the this squadron blah 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 and and he thinks it's world war ii yeah and the guy's like like, welcome home soldier whatever it is right yeah yeah so like i never understood that ending (laughs) like i took the kid and then it's like uh well here here he is again we take everybody but we've been taking people all this time now that you can finally been able to communicate with us okay we'll bring them back it was a good game i think uh richard dreyfus is overall like underrated with his his career yeah spielberg stuff with jaws and with close encounters even always you could say that um, opus with Mr. Holland. Oh yeah, oh Actually, yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. and then what about Bob? Like he had a range, and he was he was really good in American President. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he just kind of like everybody kind of looked at him as the goofy, tiny old guy. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I really like this like mid Dreyfus period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's something that I saw. Where Spielberg claims that Dreyfus is his alter ego or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that look that he gives when the little aliens are, are surrounding him and taking him up to the to the ship, and he's just like geeked the fuck mm-hmm. out. Yeah. He's like, yes, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of. It is kind of. I, I think it's also like 
not that the uh you know the aliens landing is realistic or anything like that maybe it is we don't know what if that's the way it will work mm-hmm. or whatever but uh i feel like it's realistic as far as the family goes because mm. because think about this he gets obsessed with this thing that the uh, the his other part of the his other family just they didn't experience the same thing i know and and it sucks but that's the way it is right because he's i mean you 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 know he's like i know this is right i know this is true but there's no way to describe this I know. right and uh and i feel like the the crumbling of that marriage is realistic like mm-hmm. it, it and i and i think if we made that movie 20 years later they would have found a way to get terry gar in on it mm-hmm. and the kids and you like, know okay dad let's go yeah it's like oh, it'll be a fun adventure yeah. they all hug and the credits start to roll and you hear i'm on top of the world <laughs> <laughs> that is correct um so yeah uh, close encounters is is uh definitely an all-timer yeah oh yeah it's probably the best movie ever uh set in indiana <laughs> yes <laughs> we could probably end that discussion like now you know yeah. what you know what's brilliant about what spielberg did is the effect some of the effects are limited obviously mm-hmm. on what he could do but the ship design yeah still holds up i saw this maybe three or four months ago mm-hmm. the, the fact that he used just lights yeah as the the first little uh droids or whatever that went out like you, you can't really find fault in that the alien design, mm-hmm. although it became like the template for the little green men yeah. and that kind of thing. The grace. But yeah, I mean, it that holds up too. I mean, it does look like little kids running around in alien yeah, costumes at the very yeah. end. I thought Marvin the Martian was the blueprint for little green men. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see more- Jim Carrey made a painting with Mark Zuckerberg as I'm over Jim Marvin Carrey the Martian. at this point. Jim Carrey has released <laughs> 17 paintings in the last week, all of them like evil paintings about Republicans he hates. And I'm just like... You may be that wrapped up in this, but I can't take that journey with you. Well, this one was of Zuckerberg, so it wasn't. What the, you know. whatever. <laughs> just, go, I mean, this happens to so many actors. Yeah. He's a good painter, though. He is a good painter. Yeah. Go about your life. I'm fucking tired of it. Maybe I'm blame. Maybe I should blame the internet and not him, because it's really the internet and social media that keeps throwing in my face. Jim Carrey has released another painting. Of, yeah, I know. Of Howard Hughes or whoever the fuck. <laughs> Howard <laughs> Hughes. In a timely reference. Um. Uh, okay, and this makes sense too. The Fault in Our Stars, which I believe John Green is from Indiana. Ah, okay. So that makes sense that the Fault in Our Stars. Shit, that means I'm not the most famous YouTuber from Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Or the most successful. Did you know that they sold VidCon? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much for, but it was millions. Those guys are smart. Those Green Brothers are you smart. Sold, you can sell a con? Well, the, if you own it, the Hank and John Green started VidCon. Uh-huh. YouTube didn't. Um, YouTube came in as a partner later, but it's still a, a, an entity owned by the Green Brothers, and they turned around and sold it. But yeah, John Green's smart good. Smart good? He's smart good. <laughs> uh, Fault in Our Stars, man. I, you know, history is going to remember this movie as the movie they were cry-watching in the terrible sequel to Neighbors. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I don't think there's anything in The Fault of Our Stars that's going to stand the test of time. Uh, I mean, relationship movies, cancer, death, all that, you know, stuff. But <laughs> who was the girl in that? It's uh, Shailene Woodley. Shailene, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. That's right. Yeah. yeah my oil friend. Yeah. Pipeline girl. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, okay, maybe I'm being too harsh. Uh, it feels very run of the mill. Yeah, uh, it does. The production values are a little higher and you got a little better actors, but this is a lifetime movie. <laughs> 
Hallmark movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Am I crazy? No, it's right. it, it, it's 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 made for this time. Yeah. And in five or ten years, you're gonna look back on this and oh, huh? Also, that's how people lived back then. Don't they kiss <laughs> in the Anne Frank house? Don't they? Yes, oh, yes yeah. they do. They, they, first did, kiss. they did something inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, in that house. they went to the Anne Frank house and like, yeah, let's let's. Uh, really, don't think this, re- do. this really gets me going. <laughs> you should do nothing inside the Anne Frank house except remember Anne Frank and what her and her family went through. You shouldn't be checking the sports scores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be kissing yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah, you like should, going through their <laughs> iPhone and like, <laughs> God, it's uh, like making out during Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, you have something called Going All the Way. I've never, uh, I don't think I've even heard. I of this know movie. this. I know this. Jeremy about- Davies, Ben Affleck. It's got it. Well, it's most famous, I think, uh, because and this is where Rose McGowan, during the promotion for this, where she claims that she was assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, okay, okay. Going well, all Rose, the way. Rose McGowan is in it. Yeah, it's an interesting. Like they come back from being in combat. And they're trying to, I think Jeremy Davies is like mentally breaking down. Mm-hmm. And it's got all these other like up and comers, Ben Affleck and Rachel Weiss and um, Rose McGowan. By the way, there is another movie called Going All the Way the, with, you know, the G and apostrophe, <laughs> uh, whatever. And it's got a picture of a chick in a bikini on the on the beach. This isn't, you know, your typical 80s. Yeah. Uh, That's the one I would have picked in the video store. Exactly. That definitely wasn't shot in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> girl in a bikini just walking around indiana it's like it's like if i was looking around for indiana movies like sorry jeremy we're gonna have to wait until we're in california for that one i guess um going all the way hard rain hard rain <laughs> wow what happened to morgan freeman in the late mid to late 90s he started doing like chain reaction and hard well, rain qu- quite honestly i don't think morgan freeman's ever ever since shawshank has really been choosy about actually roles. yeah that's because true. he's in a lot of stuff like like he it's one of those it's one of those things where like he's usually good and they'll he'll he'll get into some sort of good movie but he's always got two or three others where he just kind of pops up yeah and he's, like wanted yeah wanted <laughs> um but now you know of course now he's that go-to like let's get four old guys in the movie yep. yeah he's a go-to he's always in those well, he's in all those attack the white house movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember he was in white house down i yeah. believe yeah well yeah uh, he also went through that that string where he played the president in deep impact yeah and yeah like Yep, and um, he was now he's in a Doritos commercial. So, as much as he's amazing, it's not like he's picky. Yeah, right. Well, as evidenced by Hard Rain. Yeah, <laughs> evidenced by you know, Hard Rain. I, I, I actually kind of wanted to like Hard Rain because I kind of like Christian Slater, and I, you know, I liked Broken Arrow, um, and I like Morgan Freeman. But well, I like the I like the idea of, you know, a typical heist kind of action film. Mm-hmm set during a natural disaster like just as a pitch i can yeah. see why this movie was made but i don't know why they shot in fucking indiana or set it in indiana <laughs> because it's all at night and it's all wet and raining and it might yeah. as well have been a soundstage yeah by the way he it was olympus has fallen which just goes to show of course how those, of course. How those movies are interchangeable <laughs> yeah. and, and whatnot um but yeah hard rain uh I, I, only thing i remember but i saw this movie I don't remember. I, I think it's a heist movie in yep. rain, basically. It's yeah, it's it's like uh, the vaults in the banks are getting flooded because of this 
natural disaster that's happening. And that's the moment that Morgan Freeman and his gang are choosing to. Uh, oh, probably because they know that they're going to have to move what's in the vaults because of the, the flooding. I don't know. But I don't remember. It's a, it's a very hard rain, though. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Big old it fat was, rain. I think it was. It may have been called something else before hard rain. They settled on. They changed it to hard rain. I think rain, originally like, it was flooded, floody money. Yeah, floody money. <laughs> That's correct. Bloody <laughs> um, And they were like, you know what? That sounds a little too comedic for what we're we're doing a serious heist film here. Floody isn't even a word. Yeah, many but, drivers in that movie. But I wow. remember, I remember this was the this is a, a I remember uh, having Titanic at the time, and like I had all these trailers on Titanic, and as as movies started coming out, you start taking off the trailers that are old and everything and putting on new stuff. And I remember at one point I ended up putting hard rain on Titanic mm-hmm. and like, so hard rain was on Titanic's <laughs> uh, uh, previews for like a month or so. And then hard rain came out Ti- and then it was gone within two weeks or whatever. Like <laughs> Titanic was still there, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hard rain was gone. Um, yeah. It made $19.9 million. It made that much. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, a history of violence. That's Whoa. a yeah. good one. That's a great one. Yeah, this <laughs> is such a weird movie for David Cronenberg to yeah. do. Yeah, he's well, he's and he's done two of these now, both with actors. Vigo. Vigo. There you go. God, look, I'm going to be one of those guys. So, like before <laughs> I die, I'm going to forget everything I've ever known. That's, that's so sad. You remember that he did another? Uh, he did uh, Eastern Promises. Eastern right? Promises, but uh, and neither one of those feel to me like Cronenberg movies. Mm-hmm. History of Violence is awesome. The only thing that bugs me about this movie, and it's an A, A plus movie, mm-hmm. is how long Vigo continues to insist on the lie. Mm-hmm. Like no one, everyone has stopped believing the lie that he is not this guy. And he still does it for like days. I know. I kind of I, I liked that part. Okay, tell me why. Because like it puts doubt in the viewer's mind. Because that's everybody. Like else, that's the only reason he does. It. Yeah, everybody else is convinced because he blows those uh, those robbers away. Right? Yeah. Um, and everybody is convinced. Maria Bello's uh, yep. his mm-hmm. wife, right? Um, very fan. <laughs> very nice scene in Maria. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. Everybody's convinced, <laughs> but because he keeps doing this, you're like the fuck's going on here and i think that adds another layer to when you do finally get the review i will say i didn't know you could do that on stairs yeah yeah maria bello shows that you can do a lot of things in in movies it's crazy (laughs) ed harris is great in this yep um creepy yep uh scary it's a great film it really Um, is i don't even feel like it necessarily reinvents anything as much as just everything it's trying to do it just does perfect it just does aces a guy trying to escape his past and he can't the other uh, thing that's odd about this is based on a graphic novel too and oh it's yeah something that's that right. you don't don't really think of when you're watching it it doesn't have that because everything especially around this time that was getting shot uh, off of a graphic novel always had to have this real stylized i think mm-hmm. sin city came out the same year right um it had this stylized type of thing like hey you're in a graphic novel you got to know that you're in a graphic novel at all times and um this one is just more straight up yeah um uh, then there's I'm gonna get you sucker. <laughs> this is cheating a little bit, but it, this is a funny. Is it cheating? Movie. What's uh, what's uh, it's it's supposedly set in quote any town any ghetto USA. Uh, uh, but I they think, shot it in Indiana. I think they they may have shot it in Indiana. I think they're alluding to Gary, Indiana, which at one time 
was the murder capital of the world. And of course, that's where Michael Jackson and the Jacksons came from. Mm-hmm. I believe Axl Rose came I knew from all, around. I knew Gary. all those people. You know? Yep. Just because yeah. I lived in Indiana. That's yes. right. Because <laughs> Gary's right next door to Andersonville. Actually, Gary is uh, super very far up in the northeast. Right by Chicago. West corner mm-hmm. by Chicago. Most Indianans consider Gary part of Chicago. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's considered it's really part close. of the South Side, and it's not. We don't. We don't claim Gary. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm gonna get you, suckers. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, it is, man. The, uh, it I haven't seen up, it in forever, but it opens up with a guy that dies by gold chains. Yeah, he gets too many gold chains <laughs> yeah, and it yeah, kills him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And this was uh, this was uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans. It was uh, just before In Living Color and all mm-hmm. that started. Co- started it was like eighty eight. Yeah, uh, but it it's not. I don't think it's straight up. It's not like all the way airplane, but it gets pretty close. Yeah. 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 To it, it's as close as you can get to being airplane without being totally airplane. Right. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a nice little. It's a it's a it's basically a send up of the black exploitation mm-hmm. movies from the seventies and everything. Um. Then there's uh, In and Out. Oh yeah, yeah. In and Out, yeah. perfect place to set, uh, you know, a story like this. It yeah. actually is. Yeah. Uh, funny side story. My wife and I were having a conversation the other day, and somehow it led to me wanting to to bring up the scene in In and Out where he puts on the CD that's supposed to masculinate him, and, <laughs> like, and the voice on the CD is like, "Untuck one one part of your shirt." And he's like, oh, it looks so messy. And like, <laughs> starts playing this disco song. Don't dance. It's a great scene. And it, Kevin Klein eventually loses it and starts dancing and sort of embraces his gayness at that mm-hmm. point. And my wife had never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we got to rectify that. So I went to Amazon. You can't buy this thing on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was like, listen, I can buy it on DVD from this guy in Australia for $37, but maybe let's just rent it on YouTube for $37. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird to me that that is, it feels like when you, when you go looking for a movie like that with famous people in it from the 90s mm-hmm. and you can't find it on Blu-ray, that suggests to me it's been lost to time. How, how dated is this movie? You seen it recently? Yeah, I saw it just a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. How dated is this? Because, it feels like there's a lot of things like if I, I remember this being funny but i also feel like if i watched it now there would be so many things in it that you would not be able to get away with mm. i don't know that that's the case is it not i don't know because i feel like the movie ultimately becomes less about what the premise suggests mm-hmm. like some kind of madcap mistaken identity kind of thing and more about his own self-discovery mm-hmm. um and i think it, had the movie kept that character straight mm-hmm. and just had hijinks for two hours, then yes, today I think it would play pretty offensive. Yeah. But because the character ultimately realizes he's gay mm-hmm. and embraces it, and everybody in his family who have been the laugh-getting bigots the yeah. whole movie... <laughs> come around even even wolver brimley his dad who basically might as well <laughs> yeah. be you know a preacher who like yeah you know what i mean like yeah. he, just, he doesn't want any part of this gay thing but even he comes over with a piece of cake as like a peace offering mm-hmm. um and it's kind of kind of touching if mm-hmm. anything if anything doesn't play well it'd be all that matt dylan stuff yeah. all the movie star jokes and his girlfriend is anorexia yeah, yeah, yeah. and that stuff <laughs> probably doesn't play very well yeah. anymore yeah who is uh god that, that the name of that girl is uh something uh oh god i used to know this one she 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 ended shot is it shalom harlow something yeah. like that yeah yeah something shalom like harlow shalom harlow something like that i think that's right uh but like uh yeah uh, this was frank oz that mm-hmm. directed this um 
Wilford Brimley and Debbie Reynolds was his mom. Oh. Yep. You had Tom Selleck playing against type. He was a gay like TV uh, reporter. TV reporter. Uh, Joan Cusack was playing the the uh, the bride to be, um, and Bob Newhart's in it too. Oh, He's yeah. the principal. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I remember it being and um and God, what was it? There, yeah, the the ending has the whole like everybody stands up and says I'm gay. And oh, I'm Captain, gay. my Captain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean this is sort of basically loosely based on that Tom Hanks awards like, yeah. Oscar oh, yeah. speech where yeah. he thanks his drama teacher from high school who by the way is gay and he's yeah, winning yeah. this award for philadelphia playing a gay man and somebody said well, what if that had happened but the drama teacher actually wasn't gay yeah <laughs> and then they made this movie great premise um i think it holds up i would encourage you to watch it it's got this great one of my favorite bits in any movie and he's talking to tom Selleck, and tom Selleck realizes kevin klein is gay and kevin klein hasn't realized it yet so in the middle of arguing he just kisses him <laughs> <laughs> and kevin klein kind of pushes him away and right then his family pulls up in a, in a car and he's like oh no, no i'm just running into my friend here at the intersexual i mean homosexual yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, great. that's like pete kevin klein it man. is yeah, right around so dave good. and in and out um yeah he uh, at his peak mm-hmm. he's, he's a good He's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I give a two thumbs up to In yeah, and Out. It's good. Um, oh my God. In the Company of Men. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, In the Company of Men is one of the most brutal movies I've ever seen. And it's, there's no violence. No. Oh. There's, uh, there's no graphic sex. There's no, it's, it's dialogue. Yeah. The dialogue cuts like just, uh, it's unreal how cruel people are in yep. this movie and aaron eckhart plays the plays the the guy who's really sort of the grand wizard like, that's not a good no <laughs> <laughs> he does he does have he does have racist tendencies and stuff in this, though. <laughs> uh, this put him on the map yeah I, I don't think i'd ever heard of him before this movie yeah and now he's a big movie star yeah but, um the uh the girl who uh, ends up playing uh michael Sarah's mom in super bad is in this is the girlfriend uh in this but how do you know that I'm yeah just, I i'm could, just i'm just good. i can't even picture his mom and i was gonna say i didn't even know that character had an on-screen mom i didn't think so either because i've seen that movie like 18 times <laughs> I don't remember a, she, she bends over and talks to them in the car and he's looking oh, down the shirt that's right and uh and but uh yeah that's that same girl and yes yeah, they they the, these two guys decide to uh play this just elaborate horrible prank God. on uh I guess she is she is she hearing impaired? Yeah. She's yeah. hearing impaired. And uh and like uh she starts going out with Aaron Eckhart and Aaron Eckhart's like like you know, they're they're having like a real relationship, but he plans at some point of just dumping her in the worst way imaginable. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, they want he wants to get his friend on it too, and the friend is just failing because he's not Aaron Eckhart, essentially. <laughs> but <laughs> but um but yeah, there there's some of the most brutal dialogue I've ever heard in a movie. Yeah. Uh but uh yeah, Neil LeBute who did this and then he went on to direct The Wicker Man. Well, he did Your Friends and Neighbors. He did Your Friends and Neighbors, which is another brutal I forgot movie. he did Wicker Man. Well, and then he I think he moved to Broadway and was doing mostly stage stuff. Yeah, he did Nurse Betty as well, I believe. Oh god, that, that, there's a pulp fiction wannabe that didn't land. I yeah. liked Nurse Betty. I have an ink pen at home. 
that is designed to look like a syringe, and it's got red ink, and it says Nurse Betty on the side, <laughs> and it was one of those theater promos that the nice. studios send out. Nice. I don't know if they do yeah, that anymore. Yeah, I have that. I, I think I still have that yeah, pen. I still have way. it somewhere. Uh, but yeah, he did In the Company Men and Your Friends and Neighbors, both of those movies. If you want to see some just brutal dialogue, <laughs> yeah. the, the, Your Friends and Neighbors has Jason Patrick's scene in the, like... Uh, in the sauna. In the, oh, my God. Yep. That may be, that may be one of the most... R- just uncomfortable stories you watch I've ever yeah you watch that with a grimace on your face yeah. the whole time it gets like, worse and oh. worse, worse but it then pays off with one of the funniest jokes ever and then you're like oh my god i don't know how to feel about this because he tells he tells this horrible story and then like and then like they aaron eckhart's like uh like uh kidding ben stiller about something he's like come on tell us one of your stories and you come on you know he's like don't you surely you have something or whatever and he finally he's he's gone over he's over the top he's he's actually been sleeping with aaron heckhart's wife amy uh-huh. brenneman this whole time ben seller's like yeah i slept with your wife and then <laughs> he walks off and then jason patrick who's just told this unbelievably uncomfortable terrible story goes that beats my story <laughs> <laughs> in the company of men as a movie is it is i it, would probably never watch it again yeah it's it's hard to recommend i don't know i would i almost recommend it just just to see I it recommend once. watching see anything it once. that creates that much emotion once mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. well yeah you can see it's just it's like a lot of other you know early works from you can see the talent mm-hmm. that neil boot has but neil boot yeah, Neil Laboot. Dust boat. Neil Laboot. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Laboot. Neil Laboot. We in Canada are not a boot to do. Irreconcilable differences. I've never seen this movie. Ryan O'Neill, Shelley Long. And uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. She yeah. divorces her parents. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'd never seen this. I saw it long, way back in the 80s. It I mean, sounds pretty terrible. She, I mean, it, it got like fairly middling reviews, I think. But, uh, she, a kid, Drew Barrymore? Kid Drew Barrymore. She divorces her parents and somehow finds a legal loophole where she's able to do this and she becomes a sensation. So do we assume with Ryan O'Neill on the set and child Drew Barrymore, like how much, exactly how much cocaine is, <laughs> was going on? Hmm. Ah, well. Ah, 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 ah. She was how old? Oh, 1984. Man. So she was nine. <laughs> so so maybe maybe a, say, maybe she, a gram. Hasn't she publicly talked about using drugs? I know as a kid? that I know that when she I think she started when she was a teenager. I okay. think she was like 13 or 14 okay. or something like I that. I still thought it was younger than that. <laughs> it it, it very, but, she might have had her first drink like at nine or something. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I've heard some like rough ryan o'neill stories oh yeah there. yeah for oh, sure yeah. So i was just trying to make a little joke there like about the cocaine. no no it was funny but i was sitting there thinking i was sitting there thinking she's nine but she's also it's possible cut that part you know what <laughs> you can keep the oh <laughs> <laughs> the clowning around music yeah. right <laughs> holy shit oh, um, I, I will say i was i was expecting us when i said that 
I wasn't like expecting you guys to not judge me. For <laughs> <that year. laughs> uh, speaking of which, there's a movie called The Judge. Oh yeah, with Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Fi- Boy, did, did they mark no? Because it looked boring, and somebody mm. on the internet told me somebody shits their pants. Oh yeah, like, Duvall's character shits his pants, and De Niro or De Niro uh, <laughs> Downey Jr. has to. I don't know, changes diaper or something. It doesn't sound interesting to me. It looks boring. I don't it, care. I, it was a weird thing. I don't know if this was a comedy or a drama or a both or, or what this was, but it's Duvall is Downey Jr.'s dad, and he's a judge in this Indiana town, mm-hmm. and he gets uh, charged with murder. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. has to go down and like reconnect with him. I don't know if he's defending him or whatever he is what the deal is. pretty sure he's defending his dad, and they re- I just... I'm, no, I'm with you. Maybe it's great. Yeah. This but, is something he did sort of in between Iron Man movies. He yeah. was passionate about it, too. I remember he did an AMA on Reddit, and everybody wanted to ask him about Avengers, and he answered those questions, but he was extra excited to talk about The Judge. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, all right. And then this, I think it came out and it got, got like average reviews. Did yeah. he, get nomina- he got nominated or something. Really? I think so. See, The Judge itself got nominated for something. Uh, Oscar Raspberry? nominee for Robert Duvall, actually. Well, all right. Um, Robert Duvall, man, you know, God bless him. He is just such an ornery son of a bitch these days. And he has been since, I guess, the Apostle, like right around there. Yeah, he, Maybe he, before then. Before then, too, because you had uh, you had stuff like Tender Mercies. Yeah. And you had, uh, and I remember a movie he did with James Earl Jones. What was that called? Uh, family Thing. He's a real curmudgeon guy in a family thing um yeah he's i think i think tender mercies might be the movie where he starts that you know that southern yeah every time i hear interviews with him like he's just a like he's just an old son of a bitch yeah (laughs) and he's still like and all of his movies reflect this too so the character in open range is not he's not acting no apparently not and he (laughs) may be a nice guy and just doesn't like doing interviews but like it's hard to kind of root for this guy yeah (laughs) you know it's like all right yeah, There's well, another one of those performances. Did you ever see the Jackson's American Dream? Uh huh. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. It it was a uh, it was a mini series. I think four parts, and I think it was on one of the networks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it I, I'm fascinated by the Jacksons because mm-hmm. it's such a weird story. These five talented, super talented, supernaturally talented Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and you know the brothers and the sisters. What happened with Janet? What happened with Latoya? What happened with Tito? What happened with Michael? Mm-hmm. It's just like one of the craziest, almost like Shakespearean stories, mm-hmm. and it all came from Gary, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, it's it's. I, I'd say it's worth a, a watch. Um, this is a good companion piece to uh, to this is it that documentary yeah. of uh, Michael Jackson his last tour. Um, if you're if you're interested in the Jacksons at all, I would recommend it. Um, I can't get enough of that stuff. It's fascinating. I like uh, Jackson 5's music. Mm-hmm. Me too. They made good songs. Mm-hmm. They did. Even though there's probably a lot of heartache going on behind the behind the scenes. I think so. You know, it almost, and I got to think back to, to this series, but it almost seems like, yes, there was, but there there was a lot of camaraderie between the But wasn't their the dad, kids. like, bad? Yeah. 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 He was very abusive uh, to, I think, uh, his wife and the kids. But they, as a unit, the kids, and God, how many of them, seven or something like that, Mm -hmm. they became like this tight unit. And you could see it after Michael died, like how everybody came together at his funeral, like everybody's just kind of holding on to each other. Paris and and Prince were just, you know, all huddled in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. Um, Kenzie. You know, it's funny. 
there's a lot of good movies yeah. that are coming out of, even though it's not a lot yeah. there's a lot of very well-known good movies out of this so yeah. kenzie i haven't seen it forever i do know liam neeson uh, plays the groundbreaking sex doctor essentially That's right. yeah don't <laughs> no, watch this kenzie. movie with mom <laughs> no. <laughs> no probably not well and, uh, and it's weird because he 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 eventually goes too far for it's Laura Linney's his wife, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he eventually he sleeps with a man. Yeah. Uh, who was uh, Aaron Eckhart? No, not Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Uh, oh God. So you have Chris O'Donnell, Peter Sarsgaard, Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's he's sort of so embracing this openness sexually. Um, you know, it's a, it's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a movie I would sit and go. They really needed to make this. But they, they, I mean, so isn't his work, didn't his work come up with the spectrum and mm-hmm. everything and mm-hmm. that how that comes out? That's why he does sleep with a man and yeah. this and everything uh, is that, you know, you can't put anybody in this just like, you know, you're either straight or you're, you're homosexual. Yeah. Whatever. Way ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, yes, it's, it's, he does go too far in the fact that he's married, yeah. but it's also part of his, yeah. his process um and, and everything he's he's trying to learn things about you know the you know how we how we do each other yeah <laughs> and he uh, he talks openly at the dinner table about like clitorises and everything yeah yeah <laughs> and he's he shy or bashful about nothing. it's worth seeing it's it's an interesting story you're right it, it's almost told muted and i guess you have to to mute it because yeah. it's technically salacious i guess but uh he was kind of just like an ordinary dude that was just smart and wanted to figure out things. Yeah. Mm. yeah he has go. a whole institute at uh, Indiana University named after him. Really? Yep. Wow. Like Kenzie I did institute. not know that. Um, looks like Now and Then, which I, I, I've i seen this movie. Uh-huh. I can't remember anything about uh, it. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, she's in it, but there's a million people. Christina Ricci. This is Christina Ricci. It's Thora Birch. I think uh, Gabby Hoffman's in it. Oh, it's kids and adults. Kids and adults. Back and forth. Yep. Um, but... Uh, it's it's one of those coming of age type movies yeah it's like truth about cats and dogs yeah. and like beautiful girls and all like that all just kind of runs together sisterhood of the traveling pants sisterhood of the traveling pants um over the hedge is is based in yeah in i like this movie i do you too do? i can't believe i'm gonna actually come out of the closet on this i do too this bruce willis is okay, a voice in this so i this was one of the first movies when i was in new york the first movies that came out on on a week that uh that I was started working there. And yeah. So I watched it. I didn't like it at all. I haven't seen. I haven't thought about it since. The only thing, only time that I that it came up again was when I saw that Gary Shandling thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and you know Shandling does a voice as the turtle in this. Yeah. So that's the only time that it's come up since. So I didn't know anybody liked this. <laughs> oh, it's fun. I actually watched it with my kid maybe two weeks ago or so. And what I realized, there's like four Ben Folds songs in this. Yeah. And he remade his Rock in the Suburbs song. To, to be more kid To be more kid And then he did a cover of The Clash's Lost in the Supermarket. Oh, wow. And I listened to it again just uh, the other day, and it's awesome. And I love The Clash, and I think it's heretical to remake anything, but he does it. It's really horny. Like, he's, he's really got, like, a bunch of percussive stuff and, and horns like and all music that stuff. horny. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah, it's one of those. I remember I caught it, and I had probably already slotted it in with Ice Age and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the reason I'm saying I like this movie is because I laughed. Yeah. And I didn't expect to laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one particular scene. I need to go find this on YouTube with the character who loses a cookie. 
the cookie goes flying up in the air. Oh, over yeah, the yeah, edge. yeah, yeah. And whatever he says right then, because I think it's something like, my cookie, something like that. <laughs> but it killed me. Um, so I need to, I need to watch it again, but mm. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, the, it was, uh, this is exactly what I remember. Over the Hedge came out the same day as Da Vinci Code. Oh. And, uh, we, I remember just those two movies opening. I saw both of them. Oof. And, uh, if you saw Da Vinci Code first, it was probably, Putting you in a bad mood. Poison. I second. think I saw Over the Hedge first because I remember Da Vinci Code going to be was going to be the longer movie, so I yeah. wanted to get that one out of the way. Um, and uh, yeah, that wasn't a good night. Um, da Vinci Code. Let's make two more of those. Yeah, Prancer. 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 Don't you remember Prancer? I don't. Oh yeah, man. That was. Uh, it's about the reindeer, the magical reindeer. Oh yeah, one of the one of the creepiest animatronic reindeers you're ever going to see. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There's somebody yes. famous in this. Dan like Aykroyd. Sam Chris, Elliott. Dan, Christopher Lloyd. Cloris Leachman. Abe Vigoda. My wife likes this movie. Am I, unless I'm getting it the wrong no, Prancer. No, no, that's right. I hope there's not two movies called Prancer. Ariana Richards before Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. this is this is going to make you feel old. Ariana Richards is like uh, 39 years old. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was well received. 67 aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes. 6.3 in IMDb. Mm. Um didn't make a whole lot of money, but, you know, it was a nice little Christmas movie. Hmm. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it when I was nine, or I guess ten. So. Yeah. Uh, I, like I didn't see this either. Say It Isn't So, the Chris Klein, Heather Graham. That's Fairly <laughs> Brothers, right? Uh, yeah, they produced it. Oh, uh, but this is basically, yeah. so you know what you're getting into. Yep. People in a relationship find out their brother and sister. Yeah. Mm. And they mm. have to decide if they want to keep dating or not. <laughs> okay. Which, should not even be an issue, but apparently it's. So there you go. I don't know, man. Sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, of course, we laugh at his joke, but I make that one joke, and we're all like, oh. <laughs> I am so going to cut that out, and people are going to be like, what did he say? As long as you never tell him, I don't care. Uh, then there's the Turbo, the snail animated yeah, snail Yeah, he ends movie. up at the uh, Indianapolis 500. This is also a better than average kids movie. Really? Yeah. You don't know how big the Indianapolis Speedway is until you've been there. No, I hear it's Nor amazing. Nor do you know how banked that fucking thing is. Like the actual uh, the the track. Yeah, because the, they they'll drive you around it on a little like well, when I went, it was like the '80s, so it was like a VW bus, like the mm -hmm. Libyans use in Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> the I, Libyans, I could easily have fallen out of the window. Really? It was. It's like a forty degree bank. No it's kidding. Like, and there's like a goddamn golf course. In the in the middle, yeah, that's huge, isn't it? Like you don't think about how big it is. They have a great museum too, with a bunch of old race cars. Mm -hmm. It's a cool. I remember that. That was a very memorable trip. Ah. It was like maybe twelve. It was perfect age. It was to a go few see years the, before Turbo came out. Yeah, just a few. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't actually want to talk about Turbo. That's why I came up with a story <laughs> to talk about the Speedway. And uh, then the winning season to round us out with some more basketball. Sam Rockwell uh -huh. coaches a I've seen this. girls basketball team. Emma Roberts is in it too. Yep, I've never uh, seen it. Uh, it's it's I, it was one of those movies I caught on my let's watch everything Sam Rockwell's ever made kind of binges, and it's it's fine. It's okay. Uh, he's a bad father trying. He's a bad coach. He's bad at everything. Mm -hmm. Um. Trying to bond with his daughter and move on, and they the the team helps him bond, right? And that the whole thing, yeah, yeah. Well, he does. I think he even tries to quit, and the team's like, "Oh no, we love mm -hmm. you." Blah blah blah. That's really it's really forgettable. And, and, like everything he does, he's good in it. Yeah, he's great <laughs> in it. Emma Roberts movie. was fine. She looks a lot like Danielle Pennebaker. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> mm. I, I like both of those girls. Yeah. I can't tell them apart. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, really? Then uh, there's a, there's a few that you have listed I've never seen. Amanda, don't know that one. 
Amer- I'm looking for a band to hug and kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. American Teen. I've what? seen that. Have you? Yes. Okay. And I've been to Warsaw where they filmed it. That was actually one I wanted to talk about. It's a documentary. Um, and it's pretty powerful. It follows, uh, I think, five high school kids uh, through the course of an entire school year. Hmm. And like two of them date, but then break up. And then there's like a pregnancy and um, just a really solid documentary about how much it sucks to be in high school hmm. oh. and a bunch of schools campaigned to be the school in this one high school in warsaw indiana interesting uh, one uh, it's good huh. check it out all right um, i recommend a movie called blood rage no idea <laughs> diving in don't know these are some real generic titles falling obscure. from grace falling from featuring grace. john mellencamp john in the mellencamp <laughs> yeah. well john mellencamp is from indiana <laughs> yes he is so there's <clears throat> little pink houses everywhere yeah. you also have original gangsters That's i right. have seen this with fred williams and yeah fred Harry. williams and jim brown pam greer it was it was it getting all the black exploitation people all together uh-huh. in one movie it sucks <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, Gary, Indiana. You know what though? I don't remember enough about it to really be able to tell you, but I don't remember enjoying it. Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, I remember it coming out. But uh, yeah, our theater got that movie, and I saw it. Uh, all right, so going on to Iowa, we Iowa. spent a lot of time on Indiana. There. I'm telling you, man, there's so, there were some choice cuts in there. Yeah, I, I think would... we just like talking. Yeah, that's true. I think so. That's I think it's true. true. See, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Now. This is what Wikipedia tells me. So I know that they had a a, a multi-state range of crimes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a great movie. Yeah, it is. And everybody is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, uh, Gene Hackman's in that. Yeah, no way. Gene Wilder. Yeah, right. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Um, all the genes are in all that movie. All the genes. Gene genes. Shallot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's a that's a terrific movie. I know that uh, they got. Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty, Man, of course, together for the La La Land design. Faye Dunaway was about as gorgeous as women get in Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. And there's an opening scene, and they couldn't do this. They couldn't show her, like, completely. I don't think in 1967. I think maybe in six, maybe they could in 67. Maybe they had, had uh, the NPAA had been formed at that point. I'm not sure. It's right on that border, though. But mm-hmm. the very beginning scene is her, like, completely naked, but they blocked it just so mm-hmm. that it's not, like, you know, one of those, like, you lingering on everything right. type of things. But, man, that scene, oh, my God, she's so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, she's beautiful. Oh, they Austin God. Powers her. Yes, they Austin <laughs> Powers her. Um, but, um, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde's good. It's, uh, it was a, it's sort of groundbreaking as far as uh, the violence you yeah. could show in movies. It probably was around the time the mpaa and that might have been the year after or something like that this is one of the first movies that used uh squib packs the the oh, stuff yeah. that, that shoots the blood out of the, the and everything and you can tell i mean this is a bloody ass movie interesting mm-hmm. what did they do before then uh they actually clutched, shot the actors clutched their, yeah. <laughs> their stomach and fell over yeah when they had a ketchup ketchup in their hand ah! well, and, and then, yeah and I, yeah i guess they they would hardly ever show blood when people would get shot oh uh, those old westerns are just literally like a puff of smoke from yeah, the gun and then and you'd see the guy fall <laughs> oh, that's it yeah. yeah 
Always um, one shot would kill you. Blood? This, What's that? The next movie on here, I know that Jeremy may have told a story on this podcast about the Bridges of Madison County. Oh, uh, fuck that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is this about? It's about adultery. Like, adultery. Okay. It's about adultery. <laughs> it's I, Fuck any movie that tries to give me warm, fuzzy, romantic feelings about adultery. Mm-hmm. Is it Clint Eastwood is cheating on uh, Meryl Streep? It's Meryl no, it's Streep. It's Clint Eastwood. But um, Okay. Well, but yeah, it's Meryl Streep. It's Meryl Streep cheating on her husband with oh. Clint, East, Clint Eastwood, isn't oh. it? Yeah, isn't that how it so, goes? The fucker's taking pictures of bridges or some shit, <laughs> right? And <laughs> sleeps with somebody else's wife. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> this book by Robert James Waller was on the New York Times bestseller list for some ungodly amount of time. Like it was forever. That's all people ever talked about. Back in the nineties, people talked about two things: Nirvana. <laughs> And the Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of Nirvana, I saw when April 8th passed the the other day, Twitter was doing uh, Rex Manning Day from Empire Records. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the date in the movie is April 8th. Yeah. And Ethan Embry came on Twitter and said the reason we picked that was that that was the day, either the day Cobain died or the day after Cobain died. And he said it was metaphorically the day the music died. And so we that's why we gave it to a sellout chill like... Max Ranning. Interesting. Max Ranning. Max Ranning. Okay, so where were we? Bridges of Madison County. Yeah, girlfriend cheated on me. Still came home with me on a weekend trip. That's the movie we ended up watching. <laughs> yeah. Girl, girl then cheated on me again after trip. No need to bring that story up again. We should burn all copies of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a but huge yeah, hit. It was though, a number one bestseller, talked about for forever. Was, I mean, it was some ungodly amount of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me it was like 127 weeks or something like that. Does that betray exactly how many American housewives want to fuck around on their husbands? Mm, or just how or many of them it. are unfulfilled sexually? It could be that's just, it. It could be just the. Could be. Because that's why Fifty Shades. Yeah, Fifty Shades. That's why Fifty Shades. Yes, Fifty Shades. Bridges of Madison County. It's scratching the same itch. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not getting right. enough dick. You got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen up, ladies. Jeremy's got a theory. <laughs> oh, I'm wasting my talents on YouTube. That's correct. Um, it's got to be in that same along along the same lines, right? I mean, some something like that some, is. I mean, that's there's just a human fantasy. Nature. It's a fantasy thing. Yeah, it's a fantasy thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, also on here you have Cedar Rapids. I've seen this. Yeah, I've seen some of it, and I remember really liking. It. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ant Helms is like a salesman, and they're they're going to some conference in a hotel or whatever, and um. He, oh, I, I wanted to see this. Yeah, the trailer Anne, was great. Yeah, Anne Hayes is in it, and John, John C. Riley. Yeah. yeah, I never. Um, well, it just came and went. And also yeah. Isaiah Whitlock, who played uh, the uh, the congressman or the senator or whatever in The Wire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Clay Clay, Clay Davis, Davis. Clay Davis. He's she. in. She. And he's also he. There's a he in in two instances in that movie. He's like, I saw this on the HBO series, The Wire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a decent movie. Uh, uh, Miguel Arteta directed that. He did, uh, The Good Girl, Chuck and oh, Buck. Oh, I like The Good Girl. 
and uh, Chuck and Buck and uh, Youth and Revolt. I like Youth and Revolt. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're all they're all pretty unusual. Yeah, like comedy dramas or whatever. But... I now pronounce you Chuck and Buck. Yes, <laughs> I now pronounce... Chuck and Buck is a disturbing movie. I never seen that one. Oh my god, that has Mike White and it has one of the Whites brothers hmm. uh, in it, and uh, and and it's about and Mike White is like an old friend. And he keeps coming around. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, he keeps coming around, and like he wants to do stuff with with whites, and it's either Christopher Whites or Paul Whites. I can't remember which one. And uh, any um, and so you find like you're wondering what's going on, what's the deal, why is this dude so weird about everything with this guy? This guy's you know this, and uh, it's almost. I mean, it almost had. I remember when I watched. Um, what was that? Uh, the gift, the Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. It, it that it story sort of reminded me of that a little bit hmm. because when I was watching the gift, it was it reminded me of Chuck and Buck a little bit. It has a different, it skews a different way. Yeah, uh-huh. but Chuck and Buck is a little bit of a disturbing kind of movie. Interesting. Um, but it's it's it, it was I thought it was decent. Where's Mike White been? I don't know. He still He's writes writer. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think he just decided his passion was well because he wrote School of Rock. Mm-hmm. He wrote Orange County. Um. I think he's probably still been writing, and we just don't realize hmm. which ones he's been attached. To. I like his stuff. I think I thought he was hilarious in uh, School of Rock. Well, he was. I think he's funny. I think he's a, a, a for that one type of role, though. Yeah, and maybe he realized I'm going to be typecast as the pasty roommate yeah. whose girlfriend bosses him around. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, I'll just stick to writing. I don't know. He, oh my god, he actually was uh, one of the credited writers on the Emoji Movie. Oh no! I know. Oh no, is right. <laughs> That's so sad. Um, should we pause here to talk about T.J. Miller? Yeah, we should. Let's talk all about T.J. Miller oh, right now. God. Um, let's see. Um, uh, the crazies. Oh, ah. this is such. I know we talked about it a little bit on an earlier episode because it's filmed somewhere else. But this is definitely set in Iowa, like rural Iowa. Now, is it, are both of them set in Iowa? Both the- <laughs> I'm just talking. The uh, I think this was 2004. Okay, so this is the remake. Yes, this is the remake. Timothy Oliphant. I think and it's a little later than that. It might be about 2009, 2010. 2010, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's got uh, his wife is Rada Mitchell, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very enjoyable. I, you know, you have your small town where kids or, or people are starting to act like weird and starting to attack people and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then it just gets progressively more and more and then they bring in this whole military operation and it's it's just really fascinating it's really an interesting movie i've seen it and i remember liking it more than most but yeah. this is again another these all run together mm. the vacancy the strangers the crazies <laughs> straw dogs Those all of these movies <laughs> they're all horror movies with pretty people from i can understand straw dogs and the strangers no, there's a there's a point what i think what you're trying to get at is it maybe not those particular movies but there is a period of time where they're remaking a bunch of stuff and they're getting this this new up to date but gritty look to them mm-hmm. texas chainsaw massacre this is like yeah. michael bay yeah. like and all that stuff going on but um michael bay and all that stuff um but <laughs> no just uh because his i think it's platinum dunes is his production company every time you see platinum dunes i believe that's michael bay like he they would start making all the they may start making all these remakes that had mm-hmm. that same gritty look to them and so like this is one of them that yeah. has that by the way I'm michael not, bay one of the producers of a, a quiet, quiet place, place to his credit interesting yeah um then we have uh, Fanboys. I, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Oh, that's this a funny the, movie. This is the movie where they have a friend they believe is, 
or going to die or something, right? They, no, they're trying to make it to the Skywalker no, Ranch. I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't remember if it was if it if they if they if it was because of that, like they had a guy they knew in the hospital and they needed to they wanted to see this movie. They wanted to see Phantom Menace right, yeah, yeah. before it before it you know, comes out or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's just a story of them going across country, basically, to go to Skywalker Ranch and watch this movie. You know who wrote this? It was Ernest Klein. Oh, yeah, really? He wrote uh, Ready Player One. Oh, really? He wrote the screenplay for the fan. Interesting. Board. Yeah. Well, that's, that actually makes sense. Then. And isn't, yeah. isn't, doesn't Seth Rogen show yeah, up? Yeah, he does. He's in a, he's a star. He's like a Captain Kirk. Yeah. Because uh, they go to Iowa because it was the birthplace of James D. Kirk. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, that's what drew them through there, at least. Yeah, yeah. And there's like this big Star Trek versus <laughs> yeah, Star Wars yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Although, see, now I, I, I you know, like, I know that if I were to talk longer about this movie, I'm going to get this and Trekkies confused. Oh, yeah. Because Trekkies yeah, yeah. has a lot of... Trekkies came out in, like, 99. Yeah. But, but like, uh, that the, had the same sort of uh, feel to it, where nerds are, you know... Nerding. Nerding. Um, <laughs> Trekkies was a documentary, though. That's yeah. the only difference. Well, there's another... Isn't there another one that's... There is. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, anyway. Um, but, no, the, the fanboy, Fanboys is not, like... Did you enjoy this movie? Yeah, it was, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's decent. It was funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's a there's a part at the end where they finally get in the theater or whatever, mm-hmm. and like and like the, the the you know lights are going down, and the guy's like, guys, what if it sucks? <laughs> and then it just goes to the credits. <laughs> Is there anybody famous in that movie? Oh, uh, what's uh, his yeah. name? Uh, from uh, Fantastic Beasts is in it, right? Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, you're talking about uh, Jude Law. Um, Colin Farrell, <laughs> Dan, Dan Fogler, Dan Fogler. Oh, Dan that's right. Yeah. Jay Baruchel, Sam Huntington, uh, oh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, Dan, Kristen Bell, Dan mm-hmm. Dan Fogler. Who I, I, I came up. Fantastic Beasts is the movie I came up with. I always knew him more from uh, what Balls the, of Fury. Balls of Fury yeah. more than that. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, he's in it, and uh, yeah, quite a few uh, decent Kristen Bells in it. I'm a little bit excited for the crimes of Grendelwald. Why? <laughs> because it looks more interesting than Fantastic Beasts. I I had no interest in seeing Fantastic Beasts. This seems like it's got more of like the Dumbledore, uh, Grendelwald. Is it Grendelwald or Grendelwald? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Fucked up. I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, it's got more of that, more Harry Potter than Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, the, I love Harry it's Potter. A, uh, some uh, real hardcore Harry Potter fans got pissed off at that trailer though because there's no Hogwarts during this time. Or oh, whatever, really? Or something like that, or Dumbledore. There, there's something that doesn't exist in the Harry Potter universe huh. that shouldn't exist in this universe. At the same time or whatever. I don't even remember what it is, huh. but people, of course, you know, got on Twitter and they had to be rage, rage, <laughs> ragey about it. They turned into the crazies. They turned into the crazies. Uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is the best movie ever made in Iowa or set in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say so. Yeah. They, uh, they, something happened. This was in the news recently. The baseball field had to raise money. Oh, it was vandalized. So in what? real life, in real life, somebody drove all over the field and tore it up and caused like thirty thousand dollars of damage. I think they had to do like a, a GoFundMe. The people who owned it. What kind of wicked, heartless, fucking bastard? T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? 
You know what? When the FBI gets to the bottom of this, they're going to find out he also did this. <laughs> he called in a fake bomb threat about that woman and then drove straight to Iowa. He did. He's like, I'm going to fuck up some movie history. <laughs> that motherfucker. Uh, I've said probably everything I need to say about Field of Dreams, but if if you like movies that are deal with baseball or magic or possibilities or father-son relationships uh it should hit one or all of those boxes for you mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and you also get a pretty great little uh, ray Liotta here as shoeless joe that's right mm-hmm. so again i think we said this before you could watch eight men out and then this movie yeah it would be a decent double feature I, I would say so because they talk a lot about the black Sox in this in field of is that the whole team the black Sox team because that was his dad's team right no, no, his dad never made with... it out of the minors. How did Shoeless Joe work into the picture? It's been forever. Because he was, he was, Shoeless Joe was his, was Costner's dad's favorite player. Ah, okay. And, um, basically Costner grew up with all these romantic stories of Shoeless Joe and how great he was and how he didn't throw the World Series even though everybody else did because I guess he never took, they couldn't prove he ever took a dime. Huh. Costner's telling this story a couple times during the film. And then when he's 17, he says that untake backable thing to his dad. And uh, James Earl Jones is like, what did you say when mm-hmm. you were 17? What did you tell your father? He's like, basically, he slanders Shoeless Joe Jackson to his dad, and his mm. dad disowns him. Um, anyway, so that's how Shoeless Joe has this tie to Costner's character and mm. ends up being the one that shows up at the ah, field. Okay. And then his dad shows up at the end, but by then, it's just like a free-for-all. Any dead baseball player is yeah. on. <laughs> okay. yeah. welcome to come. Um, yeah, that, that movie's really, that movie's really, really, really <laughs> Really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw that episode. Oh, really? Because <laughs> Lisa meets the other two kids that won, and she's like, "Do either of you ever feel uh, ostracized and isolated because of your superior talents to, compared to those of your classmates?" And the kid's like, "I guess sometimes." And she's like, "Me too." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great episode. Um, Kingpin apparently starts in Iowa. Yeah, and then it moves to Pennsylvania. So we can talk about that later on. But that's uh, he, uh, Woody Harrelson wins the Iowa State Championship in bowling. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Kingpin. By Me the way. Too. Um, then a, a movie we've talked about before that uh, not enough people have seen: The Last Supper. I was surprised to learn that this was set in Iowa. Oh yeah, I was um, too. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, there's nothing really- about this movie. That, I, I mean, it doesn't even. Now that I'm picturing it, it doesn't even look like Iowa. No, it it might be. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's nothing in here that says Iowa, but it does sound like something a Hollywood exec would come up with. And let's be put like, it in Iowa. Let's put it in Iowa. You know, that's the heartland of the country. <laughs> God damn it. And uh, and but man, the Last Supper. I can't recommend this movie enough. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a million people in it. Oh shit, yeah. And and uh and and most of most of the people that you know are playing in cameos, but uh cameron diaz is like is probably the biggest star out of the whole like group mm-hmm. this group of liberals who are who are like we're tired of being the the party that doesn't do anything we're always talking about the things that we want to do and then they end up like start they start uh inviting guests republican mm-hmm. right-wing guests to dinner and their their idea is to change their mind about some about something and then things go wrong and they kill somebody and they're like uh, oh okay well he can maybe do this instead <laughs> um, this movie would be fucking inflammatory if it came yes, out yes it would in this climate it would be um, i don't know if you if you flipped it oh well i mean to get red state i guess <laughs> you wouldn't get red state at all. um 
But uh, you have, I mean, there's a million people in here. Bill Paxton, uh, Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else? Oh, uh, uh, Ron Perlman. Oh, is yeah. In this. Courtney B. Vance is in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Nora. Um, uh, Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn. That guy from, from all the Coen Brothers movies. Uh, Dur- Dance. D- Van- Charles Dance. Durning. Charles Durning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charles Durning. <laughs> Yeah, I got there. Charles Charles Durning plays a, a a pastor. Yeah, like a televangelist or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's yeah. It starts off like let's see if we can change these people's minds, and then you know the the first guest that they bring over and they end up accidentally killing him, and then they're like, ooh, they start getting a taste for yeah. doing it mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. and uh and uh and it and so they're a bunch of liberals, so they have start having obviously conflicts about mm-hmm. killing. You know, as would Republicans, I'd hope. Yeah, <laughs> but is that great? Like very tense scene with the uh, the seventeen year old girl. Yeah, that's a, a big anti-abortion. She's, no, she's a, a she's a, a abstinence. Abstinence. Yeah, yeah. and and there, it's it's just really really intense. Courtney it's, B. Vance is is amazing in yeah, that scene. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's horrible, but he's I mean he's amazing. Yeah, he gets um, he just gets that look in his eyes, and it's, oh, it's I'm glad. Nice. By the way, Courtney B. Vance, after seeing him in Hunt for Red October and Last Supper and all that, I'm glad he finally got like some super recognition yep. when that People versus O.J. Simpson came out and there. Office Christmas Party. Oh yeah, of course, Office <laughs> Christmas Party. Um, but um, yeah, Annabeth Gish and Ron Eldard, those yeah. are those are also in there um but uh no it's it's really good i would recommend trying to trying to find it uh if you can <laughs> trying to find yeah it. well i tried i think you can get it on dvd mm-hmm. for 37 dollars sure. from australia yeah for 37 dollars <laughs> from australia uh michael john yeah. travolta angel movie god again it, uh, where are they in iowa in this movie i mean i know they're on a farm but it looked doesn't look like anything maybe that's the problem with iowa yeah. so there's nothing in iowa that actually <laughs> looks true. distinctive yeah this is one of those movies that i think thinks it's smarter than it is yeah. this is nor efron right mm-hmm. she's not bad most of her movies are gonna are gonna have some moments and i actually think travolta's pretty good in this yeah um it's but- hilarious he, he- he like boozes a bunch and smokes cigarettes and everything, but he smells like cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's the, is it Andy McDowell? Uh, Who's the female? That might be right. Yeah. I think it's Andy McDowell and William Hurt. Because they're basically, they're sent from a newspaper to debunk yeah. some kind of tabloid yeah. story about a guy with a wind. guy that lives with an yeah. angel. Yeah. 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 It's all right. Watch Phenomenon. You'll have more fun. Yeah. Well, that was, it came out in the same, same era. (laughs) It was like a year. There was a time where Travolta was like, after Pulp Fiction, he was doing like, let's see how many Pulp Fiction type things he can get into. (laughs) And then suddenly he was in Phenomenon and Michael (laughs) and, uh, you know, all that. The, the one with the bank robbery and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, uh, Mad City. Mad City. Um, I like Mad City. But, uh, yeah, Michael has Andy McDowell and William Hurt and Bob Hoskins. Right, uh, I'm, Bob Hoskins. I'm slightly less forget forgettable today. Yeah, you're you on a roll. Shit. <laughs> uh, you guys wanted to talk about the Music Man, '76 uh, Trombone. I, I haven't seen this. Really? Yeah. Well, well, this is the impetus for the Monorail. Episode, yeah, I was going right? to say you would inform the Simpsons Monorail oh, yeah? episode for you in a way that I think would bring extra joy. Awesome. Uh, because that whole episode is a spoof of the Music right. Man. Down. I mean. All the way down. Uh, it's Mario. great. It's about a it's about a con man who is trying to talk a town into giving him a bunch of money to help him start a boys band for their boys. <laughs> uh, uniforms and instruments and lessons, and he's slick. He's a snake oil salesman, and he plans to 
bail out of town with the money and not prom- not delivering anything he promised. It's a musical. It's it's back from the same era of all those classic Midwestern musicals mm-hmm. like uh, Hello Dolly and Oklahoma and um, a really engaging lead actor whose name escapes me right now, but he's famous. Um, Robert Preston? Yeah, Robert Preston. Okay. He's in other stuff. Yeah, he is. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you didn't actually look at me for the those listening at home. Uh, I was just being defensive for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, music Man is good. Yeah. If you like musicals, especially from that era, mm-hmm. then you'll enjoy watching this, and you'll recognize almost all of the songs. The songs, the the, the songs are all have all crept into pop culture mm-hmm. uh, without most of you realizing where they come from, including Gary Indiana, Gary, Gary Indiana, Indiana, Gary Indiana. That's the place. Okay, <laughs> uh, we can move on. Yeah, for a minute there, it, you you singing that reminded me of the. Commercial that I used to see in the eighties called with for Wander Indiana. Oh yeah, well that was <laughs> riffing on. Is that. it riffing on that? Well, actually, I think it was Wander Indiana, Wander Indiana, yeah. Wander Indiana. Yeah, actually, it is that, and I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah, man. Because you know you don't see a lot of tourism commercials for the state you live in. Yeah. That's right? true. They That's true. Come, come here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that place you already are. Wanda, Indiana is lo- available locally. Um, noises off. I've never heard of this. Peter Bogdanovich directed yeah, it. Yeah, Michael Caine. Um, See, I've not it's seen a, it. It's about a theater troupe that apparently gets has a lot of behind the scenes yeah. stuff that gets in the way of the performance. Yeah, that sounds like fun. That. Yeah, um, it's been since maybe the early 90s since i've seen i was gonna say this is an older movie right Mm -hmm. from the 70s or 80s no it's 90s is it 90s 92 wow Uh yeah yeah i don't remember a damn thing about it right um sleeping with the enemy yeah this is uh this was when julia roberts had officially become a star yeah because a movie like this today would never make any especially with i remember what i remember about this movie is oh it's julia roberts who the fuck is that guy yeah. <laughs> now, for yeah. all I know, he had a dozen credits before and after this movie, but he's not handsome. Sorry. He looks like an accountant and I, he has an unrecognizable face. Are and you I'm talking like, about the, her stalker or the yeah, guy that she ends well, up with? Patrick Bergen. I'm thinking of the, who's the bad guy? Uh, Patrick Bergen's the bad And then maybe he's I'm, the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the guy no, she well, ends the, up the with. No, the enemy is the one that she ends up, um, because I thought that's what that implied was that when she was. When she moved out and then she went, she lived with the other guy or whatever. He was the enemy. He was the enemy. But uh, Patrick Bergen oh. and then he had uh, Kevin Anderson. I don't that know. may be. That sounds like an obscure name. I'm going to uh, go with that. I don't know. But the only thing I remember about this movie is A, Julia Roberts in the bathtub, of course. Yeah. And then B, the fact that she says at the end, uh, because there's a there's a thing where, where she's got a gun pointed at, at her stalker and I guess her ex-husband or current husband or whatever. And he's like you can't do this you can't kill me it's fine give me the gun and she calls 911 and she says i'm about to shoot somebody and she hangs up and she fucking shoots the guy. Oh, awesome <laughs> it's a good ending um but yeah i mean now maybe this didn't make a lot of money but i seem to remember it, um, it seemed like it was very popular back in the day yeah but it, i just remember that you had i mean julia roberts was as big of a star as you could get at this point uh, it made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety one, that's all huge. So this shit. was pr- this was right after Pretty Woman, I guess, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely after. Pretty Woman is what made her a star, and then then she started showing up and all this stuff like that, and dying young, and mm-hmm. oh uh, god, dying young, yeah, dying young. Uh, oh. just all these movies that were like, and, but 
but she was just a huge fried star. green tomatoes, I guess. Is yeah, fried green thing. tomatoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, sleeping with the enemy. The thing with the bathtub is that she looks over and sees the towels all arranged yeah. in a certain way because he was a, like one of those like everything has to be perfect type husbands or whatever. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't fried green tomatoes. She was in that other southern movie with Sally Field. She wasn't in Fried oh, Green Tomatoes. Uh, Mystic Pizza. No, the the Southern movie with Tawanda and and uh, Tawanda, Sally Field, Forrest Gump. No, <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Norma Ray. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> it's like something uh, and something. God damn. I'm looking it up because the Southern movie that I keep thinking of, but I don't remember Sally Field being in it was something to talk about. But she was Sally Field was was Julia Roberts mom because Julia Roberts dies of a uh, diabetic uh, coma and Sally Field died of a diabetic coma. Yes, she had diabetes. <laughs> she, she couldn't get the candy in her mouth fast enough, so she she died. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, this is completely off my radar. Oh, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. That's not even. I don't even think of that as a Julia Roberts movie. Well, she's was that after Pretty Woman? At least, uh, it was um, probably not. It was eighty <laughs> nine. <laughs> i think that's i think that's before pretty woman i think it is yeah, yeah pretty, pretty woman, woman was 90, 90. yeah so <laughs> well well there's seven <laughs> minutes we'll never get back that's true <laughs> that's very true uh-uh. yeah i could for whatever reason i could not think of steel magnolia people used to talk about a million times <laughs> yes. back in the early 90s and yeah. whatever and you're like oh yeah steel magnolias and then it just faded <laughs> um star trek yeah that's Good uh dude. Good chunk in. Oh, uh, yeah, that's just it's. It, they actually have the uh, the uh, headquarters or whatever the training facility in yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Well, they're building fucking starships in Iowa. Yeah, too. building them in Iowa, and for he's, some reason. And there's a big you know scene where he goes in on his motorcycle and sees the ship. That's the the ship I will one day captain. That's right, and he gets his ass beat. Yeah, he in, does uh, in the bar. Iowa bar. That's a fun scene. It also seems like he's got a fucked up face to that entire movie, doesn't it? Well, he gets well. It's not long after that that it gets all inflated with the drug Bones gives him to sneak aboard. Yeah, so he his face is fucked up in that movie a lot. Yeah, he's just. Uh, I mean, he's still dreamy, but he's dreamy. But he's uh, yeah. He's, I'd switch teams. Mm-hmm. I think all the Chris's I would. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty. I dreamy. saw Chris Hemsworth at that Critics Choice Awards. I was like, holy shit, that guy's good looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm holy shit he is i mean and and there's i bet his brothers look at him and say that yeah exactly (laughs) good looking there's a scene in thor ragnarok where you know they cut his hair and everything Mm -hmm. and he's like he comes out and i was like god damn yeah i know holy shit i know that guy's fucking although that scene pisses me off when stan lee goes at him with the with the barber stuff and he's like please mr bobble man please don't cut my hair and it's so out of fucking character Mm -hmm. for this character that it pisses me off i hope Mm -hmm. we sent it um the straight story which i have never seen oh really this is a david lynch movie he did pg a pg yeah straight we like just a regular movie yeah. for a change like no uh fucking beetles crawling through the lawn right yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Basically, that's the description for Naked Lunch yeah. right there. Um, but this is uh, Richard Farnsworth uh, driving cross-country in a tractor. That's right. In I've a never lawnmower. Seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. This is uh, it's great. It's a uh, it's based on an actual true story of a guy that goes through Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, I think he's going to see his brother, mm-hmm. uh, but every part of this movie is, you know, where you, th- you think about like Easy Rider, where they're picked on and they're you know the hippies and stuff like that, and people are mean to you on the road. This is a doddering old man on a lawnmower, and there's one scene where like a uh, where uh, this this biker gang goes past him. And uh, they don't do anything bad to him. They they just kind of like smile at him. And then they camp up the road a little bit. He eventually gets to him because he's on a lawnmower. And he like hangs out with them. And they're all kind to him. He's telling them stories. He's telling them to enjoy being young. It's like one of the most heartwarming, just, again, very straight story mm-hmm. that that's, it, it'll make you smile. You should watch this movie. That it's sounds a good. good. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I really want to. And it's one of those that I just have never been able to. It do. sounds like one of the few chances I'll have left in life to put a David Lynch movie into the yes column. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't like David Lynch? Not so much. Really? Not so much. Not even Blue Velvet? Mm. No, Blue Velvet is not a Jeremy movie. No. Is it not? I've seen Blue Velvet. Uh, I mean, it's not really an anybody. No, no it isn't. <laughs> but, movie, I love it. And I'm going down the eraser head. Definitely not. Uh, Twin Peaks, Firewalk. Twin Peaks, Firewalk. Definitely not a, not. not a fan. Wild at Heart. No, no. Um, I've seen some of these. Yeah, the Lost Highway. Uh, Lost Highway. <laughs> Mulholland Drive might be the closest. The, and it's, that is the closest. Um, and even that movie is just like, hey, you want to understand shit? Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Terms of Endearment. Best yeah. Picture of 1983. Yeah. It's a really good movie. James L. Brooks. Yeah. James L. Brooks had a heyday. He lost it there and still made some movies, but he was in his wheelhouse at this point. How much is Jack Nicholson uh, featured in this movie? He, he's, I mean, he's got like a, it's a, it's a supporting role. Yeah. Yeah. He's in it enough. It's an also. He's a, a retired astronaut, right? Yeah. I think though. I think that's yeah. right. I don't remember Jeff, much about Shirley this Shirley McLean, Deborah Winger, Jeff Daniels. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Um, Deborah Winger was just like the go-to 80s romantic lead. She you was know. she's a she was a girl next door type, yeah. you know. Um and I believe she ended up quitting the business because of just the way Hollywood treats women in hmm. general. She she I mean, she's. I think you still occasionally see her in something mm-hmm. now, and then, but she doesn't actively go, you know, for anything or whatever. But yeah, she was huge in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Terms of Endearment, really good movie. Um, there seems like there's something else from Iowa, but I can't think of it. There's a. Yeah, I don't know. I get. I get feel this way every state, but I feel extra this way right now. We mentioned the crazies. We mm-hmm. mentioned the music bands and noises off. For <laughs> noises sure. off. We got that. I think we've covered every single. There, there's no other movie in Iowa no, that we need to talk about. Else. Definitely yeah. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. So we, that's we've it. covered everything. Yeah, we've covered every single movie we can possibly cover with Iowa. And don't don't come on there and saying what about this or or you know what's eating this. Don't say any of that. <laughs> Let's do recommend Warren and then questions then. Let's do it. Do it. Totes amaze balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. What right. do we want to recommend? Man, I am digging Barry on HBO. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? Three episodes in, and it's been probably since Silicon Valley that I felt this into a new at least half hour show. Um 
and it blends. It's doing what Game Night did in that it 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 feels like it's shot like a Hitman movie or a mm-hmm. Hitman show, but it's a comedy. Um, it's landing all over the place for me in good ways. Yes. Henry Winkle- Winkler is stealing the show for me. Yeah. He is right, and I didn't expect that because I've seen him. I've seen him in stuff. I saw him in Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't be surprised that he's good, but he's really good in this. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the name of the girl. The, the Oh, yeah. Love she's interest. really good. She's fantastic yeah. because shows that deal with the industry, I feel like the, the actors have to have even more talent because there are scenes where they're playing their character, talking to Barry, about to have sex, whatever. That's acting. Right. But then she's got to go do a scene where she's a bad actress in an acting workshop, <laughs> yeah. and she also has to show improvement from one, like in the in the premiere episode, the way you meet Henry Winkler's character is this girl is giving a monologue on stage in acting class. I know she's doing a scene with another guy, and he's Henry Winkler is the teacher of the class, and he calls her out. Yeah. He's like, she's terrible. Last week she was telling me <laughs> boo-hooing, I'm going to quit, yada, yada. And he makes her emotional and mad on stage, and she starts to yell at him, and he's like, don't say anything, just finish the scene. Yep. And And... I've done enough acting. I'm sure you don't have to have done acting to realize what he's doing. He's trying to get her emotionally in a place that will allow what she needs to come out in the scene to come out. And she does the scene again. And she's already done the scene as a bad actress. Yeah. Now she's doing it as a slightly better actress. But she's actually a good actress. To oh. And she's doing I the agree. scene, the Julianne Moore Magnolia scene. <laughs> this is what's so funny to me about this this show <laughs> is that they're in an acting class that that is on stage but they're doing all movie yeah, stuff they're doing, they do the true romance i got yeah. everything from a doodle i joe to a damned if i know yeah, yeah, yes um uh, so all so that's really funny and like there's a point where they're like uh, bill haters like at i think it's describing it to steven root and he's like uh yeah we did a scene from this movie this movie this movie and uh he's like th- he's like those are all movies. And he goes, yeah, it's an LA theater. They only do movies. <laughs> they always do movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's been a real fun show so far. And I think I'm, Steven Root is, is really good. In yeah, this. he is. He's got, I, I love him and he's, he's going to be one of those that guys forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He plays a little bit harder of an edge as does Bill Hader. Uh, but he's got that great scene in the premiere where he sits down with Barry and Barry's like, yeah, I finally found something. Yeah. I'm actually feeling something. I was really depressed before. And he sits down. He's like, you know, when you said yes to this, you said no to everything else for the rest of your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, how is this, how would this possibly end? And he's this practical realist, but he's got this paternal relationship mm-hmm. with Bill Hader's character. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really I'm good. loving the guy, the bald guy playing the Ukrainian gangster boss yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. who's uh also if you watch uh and you should watch billions by the way that's mm. a great show he's on that show oh, okay. as well so it's interesting because both of those shows are going on at the same time yeah. <laughs> uh he's playing you know he plays this like sleazy lawyer fuck on billions and then he comes he's here he's a like a ukrainian gangster guy <laughs> on this. so it's really fun yeah i just have been i've been really impressed and charmed by it so far and i give it a, a full recommend three episodes in bill Hader really can't do any wrong in my eyes yeah he can i'll tell you what huh it's that goddamn doritos commercial from the super bowl I don't know if I saw that. I yeah, because it. it's him and a bunch of people you don't know all going, what, 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 all freaking out over some new kind of Dorito. Yeah. I even tweeted about it during the Super Bowl, like, Bill Hader, you're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're right. When it comes to acting outside of Doritos commercials, uh, he can do no wrong. He yeah. steals the show in everything he's in, and finally, 
the show is about him. And so. he's directing. He directed the first three, I think. Yeah. Really? And yep. uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell because he was actually. I, I'm trying to get this right. He was one of his first jobs when he moved to to Hollywood was he was a production assistant, I think on an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I forget which one it was. Mm -hmm. He was he's like running to get coffee for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he he kind of came up behind the the camera, mm -hmm. and he really wanted to from the interviews that I've heard. Uh, but he's such a natural performer, and he's so great and charismatic and hilarious. That he really had to do that. Well, first and he's fascinating. I've been because the show's come out. There's been a, a number of uh, articles, interviews, mm -hmm. uh, pieces about him. Uh, like he gets super anxious performing. Like SNL, like drove him crazy because his anxiety just shoots up. Uh, and I don't think it, it's just because of the live audience. I think he probably has the same anxiety on a closed set shooting Barry. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just it's always fascinating to me when somebody the universe has given somebody such an exceptional talent. That also, in some way, drives them crazy. Mm -hmm. um, because clearly, he's got enough talent. This is what he's supposed to be doing, and yet he, he can't do it as smoothly on his end as mm. we receive it on our end. He has to go through this anxiety, this anxious process to get there. Uh, I feel bad for him, but I also think that probably helps inform his comedy and keep it more edgy. Anyway, <clears throat> well, in Barry, I was expecting a very gross point blank type of thing mm -hmm. because this has been covered kind of before yeah sure crisis of consciousness and hitman you know elite skills and all that stuff but he pulls it off man the mm -hmm. end of that first episode where he's like don't don't point that gun at me don't point that gun yeah at me. well and that's an action scene man because he does he does he does not waste any time yeah. and just pulling out the pop, 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 pop. Yeah. he surgically kills all those bastards yeah. uh so i think it, it totally is definitely separating itself from gross point blank just by veering much more into realism yeah, um, and drawing its comedy from that, whereas Gross Point Blank was pretty clearly kind of a cartoon universe. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I love it. Two thumbs up. Go watch it. Yeah, Bill, I heard Bill Hader on, um, on Mark Maron. He was talking about that first episode saying, like, didn't really know where they were taking the character at the point, I think. And he started, he said, because he was behind the camera and, a lot, and he wasn't quite sure what this character was yet, he was cutting his own lines a whole bunch in that first episode. Oh, yeah. So that's why he doesn't talk that much yeah, in yeah. the first episode. Um, I've got two movies that have come out that I'm going to, that I'm going to recommend here. Uh, both, both Blockers and A Quiet Place, especially, mm, ah. a, quiet, especially a Quiet Place it's it's all the hype is 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 right it's really good yep awesome the the hype is correct on this one it's Excellent. so weird it it seemed to me like this was like silent house remember that yeah that and it's, with it's, Elizabeth Olsen? it's way better than that i that's what i hear um and it, it just looks like a pretty much straight up thriller or whatever with our monster movie i'll but tell you why nothing but great things. i'll tell you why quiet places is is, is is excellent and it's it's not just it's not just the things that they you know have to do to keep quiet and all that uh it feels like there's a lot of other obstacles that they have to sort of overcome during all of this as well in addition to and then of course a lot of that stuff starts getting compounded because they can't um, make any noise and everything uh one of the most satisfying endings to a movie i have seen in a long time really Yep. Wow. It's a bold statement. Perfectly. Huh. Um so yeah, Quiet Place has got is uh is worth the hype. Um 
blockers i didn't find that like tremendously hilarious throughout mm-hmm. or anything although it has one line that i know i will be repeating in the future <laughs> uh because it's it, it, it's it comes out of nowhere and it's from <laughs> Catherine newton who does is one of the main girls in the movie uh, uh she has a great line in there but i was worried that this like okay so it's it's plenty funny enough i like the story to this and i like the message it has by the end of it Mm -hmm. this is a movie that could have easily did some sort of cop out type of thing by the end of it and it doesn't so Mm. uh uh it it, it's something that by the ending a lot of the actions of the characters make sense although i do think it is hyper style you know the parents chasing after them and stuff it's a little bit too much but that's that's the that's the movie for you uh but um yeah, it's 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 plenty funny enough. I just I like how it, it I like how it just I like its vibe. It's interesting. I, I was reading something about the writers. The writers wrote it. Two guys mm-hmm. wrote it back in 2012, mm-hmm. and the director, who's a female, um, like developed the script and, and rewrote it in certain things. I think it was supposed to be guys. Like I think it was supposed to be boys from mm-hmm. their perspective. She switched it to to girls. Um, she kind of like inverted a lot of the. The stuff there was supposed to be all uh, the fathers chasing after after the the kids, and she put Leslie Mann in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting, and the writers agreed with it. They were like, "Yeah, especially in this climate, we appreciate like what she's done with our original." And script. Seth Rogen is one of the executive producers of that movie. Is he? Yeah. Cool. Um, he the- pushed very hard for the title of the movie to be Cockblockers. <laughs> uh, didn't get it, and is extremely happy with the poster they came up with. In, in that has the rooster has on rooster top of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. Um, that's a, that's another thing. Like, yeah, I was talking about uh, in a previous episode how I didn't like Bridesmaids because I felt like that was just a dude movie where they put women in the in the roles. And mm-hmm. yeah, there are a couple of moments that feel more women than men, but. A lot of the hilarity comes from all this stuff that we've, the staples of guy movies and everything. The way these girls talk about having sex and everything is exactly how 17 year olds would talk about, like, they don't know anything about it. They mm-hmm. had, they, they're very awkward about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, and, and, and yeah, sure. And super bad, you know, stuff like that. They, they don't know anything either, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it's just, there's, He's got lube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it doesn't make them wiser or or any sort of you know it may it makes them just as dumb as everybody else nice. is about that type of thing. And they're all I think they're all appealing. All the the three girls that are in this are all appealing. And um and I and I you know I love how Leslie Mann and John Cena and uh, and Ike Barinholtz go through all this too. It's I, overall I like the movie. I like the vibe of it. I, like I said, I don't think it's hilarious all hmm. the way through. Did it's you not, like it better than Game Night? Uh, no, I think it like it about the same. Okay. Um, it's it, I mean both these movies I feel like have a lot of like moments that I laugh. But then there's a lot of like clunkers too for mm. for me in both of those movies. Um, but you're gonna and have both that. of them it's are Vin comedy, Diesel jokes. <laughs> comedy is yeah, comedy is a, is a is a very difficult thing to have just bam 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 for an hour and a half. So mm. I, if you have clunkers, you're gonna have you're gonna have clunkers. So. Yeah, looking forward to it. Have you seen Ready Player One yet? I have. What do you think? Uh, have you guys seen it? Uh, I've read it. I haven't no. seen the movie. Okay, so yeah, I read it uh and then watch this and there was sort of uh, a demand that we have a mini pod for this i didn't think there was any way of doing it because barrett had gone out of town 
Um, and there are a lot of different things that were going on. So, uh, no, I saw this. Um, I like it. Uh, it, it is, it, I haven't had this experience in a long time where I've read a book so, so close to when the movie mm-hmm. came out. So there's so many differences between what happens in the book and what happens hmm. in the movie. There are some things where like, Whoa, why, why did you make it this and everything? Uh, I, I like it, but it, there's so many things about this movie that are like, I mean, <laughs> it, it just, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get why they made it this way. This, huh. I was, I was listening to, um, cause they did uh, the Sif pop without Aaron on mm-hmm. this la on, on their ready player one, uh, review. And they were talking about something that, I, that I thought as well, like in the book, you felt like the, the, the stuff in the game, the, for the, the, you know, for finding the egg, those riddles and everything were hard and that they were, mm-hmm. they were worth that, all that effort to get to them or whatever. Whereas in this, some very simple explanations end up being the answer and they've changed a lot of stuff too. Oh, really? So like they, they changed the first way you get the first way you get the key huh. and, uh, and like that and the way that they get the key in the, in that first one is something that I feel like, as obsessed as these these gunters are would have figured out really easily and uh hmm. and espe- i mean now they don't really in the movie say how how obsessed they are with all this stuff because in the book it's very clear yeah and that's one of the the criticisms of the book is like how many long paragraphs of <laughs> i've watched 280 <laughs> episodes of family ties <laughs> and i've watched uh you know i watched uh the this movie 15 times and and you're like okay i don't know how you got have that time but okay that's fine um but uh but in the movie they don't really show they don't really go to they don't go through the obsession with these guys. So maybe it is something where, but it's not as satisfying when the answer is so easy and maybe it's not easy, easy, but it's, I don't know. It's not as, it's not as there was something tremendously satisfying, especially with that first key in the book, mm-hmm. uh, how he figured it out and everything. Whereas in this, it's not, doesn't have that same thing. Can I ask a question oh. as somebody who's not read the book or seen the movie and has very little interest? Mm-hmm. This is set in the future, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why in the future when augmented virtual reality has become reality or what have you, why is it populated with specifically eighties nostalgia stuff? Because the, the, the guy who created the Oasis was, so there's obsessed, an explanation obsessed with the eighties. Great. That's all I need to know because um, from as an outsider, I'm like, where's the shit from the nineties and the, the aughts, the 2000 aughts. <laughs> it aughts. is weird because, um, they do have like the iron giant and they do have stuff from the nineties. Yeah. They're, in yeah there. They, they, they sort of, uh, advanced some of the pop culture references, although there's still a lot of eighties in this. Uh-huh. Um, and then they, yeah, they changed the, the part with the, you know, in the mo- in the book, they, they have to, he has to go through war games. Mm-hmm. They changed the movie in the, in this movie and they changed it to something that I don't know makes very much sense. Mm. Uh, you're, you, you're, you might like what movie they choose. Oh, he's going to love it. Yeah. I read about it. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but what the problem is with the movie that they chose, I don't know if that lends itself to video games very much. And, it doesn't have very much to do with having knowledge of that movie. So <laughs> I have heard it looks 
like they literally went back in time and shot on that set. Yeah, yeah. And hmm. that that is an impressive achievement. That that that's correct. And uh so overall it's one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, I kind of liked it. I kind of enjoyed myself. Yeah. But damn, such a missed opportunity mm-hmm. here. And it, and Ready Player One is one of those books that I feel like maybe could have been a better TV series. Than, oh yeah, than, I could see that than a movie because the movie has to cram a lot of stuff in. Mm-hmm. Whereas a TV series, you could have seen like a, a sort of an advancement of the yeah, story. Yeah, because he's still in school, and like months will go by before like another breakthrough mm-hmm. happens. So it's kind of like av- me after sex. Yeah, Basically. it's exactly <laughs> like I that. say. I enjoyed myself. Such mm-hmm. a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like five months later, you're like, I'm gonna have to do that again. <laughs> five months later <laughs> i found the key yes uh so yeah i mean i the, the a lot of the stuff that people picked on on the book i wasn't i wasn't i didn't terribly obsess over all that mm. yeah it's kind of annoying that he's a scene he keeps showing telling you how much stuff he's seen and whatever <laughs> yeah. it is kind of annoying because you, there's a couple of things where you're like okay yeah i get it you're you're an awesome pop culture nerd but that's what pop culture nerds do yeah. i feel like that's i feel like that's within reason even though it's it's exhaustive yeah yeah <laughs> um i feel that's within a character to be like i've seen 256 episodes of family ties yeah. i've seen you know war games four million times <laughs> you know is but the other thing is like how even though you all your time is dedicated into this other world how did you watch that much well stuff? not only that but i've mastered this video game yeah and know, video games 56 times or something like that right yeah it's like there's a lot of video games man and I, I mentioned also the thing in the book that uh that i didn't like was that you know they have this and it's ben mendelson in the movie uh they have this sorrento character mm-hmm. i i would if i were to rewrite this book in my own image i would remove sorrento completely he's inessential yeah well i mean he's the he's the he becomes the main antagonist of that book but um it's so it there's something disappointing to me that his team in the book gets the second key before anybody else does Uh and and like they're like doing all this cheating and all that all this other stuff i would have much rather it been actual gunters throughout the book and the movie yeah where they're they're competing against each other and not some faceless corporation type of thing, mm. and uh, there was a good point also brought up in that uh, Pop review where they were talking about like, like you know the this evil corporation basically wants to take over the Oasis so that they can start selling all these ads inside <laughs> and like it's eighty percent of the screen or something like that, um, which I don't you know the if you win the competition you get trillions of dollars mm-hmm. or some nonsense like that i don't know why you even need any more money at that point yeah. but then the other point they made was that uh even though this is this faceless corporations all greedy and everything inside the oasis you have to have money and you have to be able to buy things to get anywhere you know advanced in mm-hmm. there so it's not like it's a completely like innocent system yeah or anything some pure system that they have to keep mm-hmm. anyway um yeah it's one of those things where it's enjoyable but you feel like there's a missed opportunity Mm. so all right i'm i'm probably gonna go see it i'm probably gonna see it when it comes on video so my recommendation is way late to the party i'm starting to finally watch silicon valley (laughs) Uh, at least it's not like 
you know, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you still haven't watched. Uh-huh. Uh, this show is fucking awesome. It is. Uh, Jeremy made a comment earlier that he wishes he could watch season one not knowing uh, what what the rest of the, the show is. And I'm having that experience right now, and it's really enjoyable. I almost wish I could stretch it out a little bit more. I'm still in the fir- finishing the first season. And, God, you know, it's just all those characters are fantastic. They are. Um, you know, even okay. So, so the T.J. Miller thing, he has basically come out as as a big old butthole, mm-hmm. and he he's a butthole in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. In fact, he makes reference to it. He's like, you have to be an asshole, not a pussy. Um, but I like him. I like that character. He's such a great character, and I love T.J. Miller's portrayal of that character. Well, and he's been in. I would guess he was probably pushed out of that show mm. between season four and five. Uh, the end of season four, they write him off to some Tibetan monk pl- monastery yeah. or what have you. And um, <clears throat> and I get it, right? Because the, the stories that I've read, the the quotes that I've tried to interpret, makes it sound like he was an asshole who was hard to work with, was coming in late, was belligerent. Was drunk. Um, but I will say, I was just telling Chris before lunch that... We're three episodes into season five of Silicon Valley, and this may be the season that loses me because I'm not laughing as much. Mm. I think I miss Ehrlich. Oh, really? The, the character. Yeah. Like, I don't miss T.J. Miller. I mean, I think I knew he was a jerk even when I saw Deadpool. By yeah. that point, there had been <laughs> enough stories. Uh, but I love that character, and I, I think the show is lacking something with him gone. They're trying to fill it with more Jin Yang, which you probably don't even know what that means right now. Um, it's not working for me. Yeah. Um, I miss Ehrlich. He's, he's so a, great. He's a great foil. He's got, he's got that, that that moment in the first season where he gets mad because he's taken off the board, and so he tries to rip off his turtleneck, and he rips it off, and it gets all wrapped up, and <laughs> he pulls it down. He's like, "God damn it, I put it back on." So have you got have you gotten through the entire first season? Yet? Uh, I got one more episode. Okay, oh, so that's the, that's the, the episode. That's the best episode of the series, essentially. Oh, oh it's really? The, it's one of the best episodes. It's probably top 10 best jokes on any tv show ever yeah what is the the, the well last it episode? goes on for several minutes oh okay yeah uh, but it's oh, a no, culmination this is the dick the dick uh, did you already see that yeah i've watched that one on youtube oh yeah, yeah. well then yeah that's the one that's coming up in the final episode nice. and it'll be nice. even better yeah with knowing, the knowing those characters yeah and Kumail Johnny, man mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking great yeah and the uh, the Gull, whatever his name is, his his foil, who was the Gilfoil. His foil is Gilfoil. Yeah, yeah. Martin Starr. Martin Starr. That's yeah, right. they they both like they both obviously respect each other, but they keep like trying to one up each <laughs> yeah. other as far as like hating each other yeah. and everything. And they, they've taken it up to another level in this season uh-huh. too. Um, but yeah, good. It's a good show. Yeah. I'd probably just binge it one of these days. Yeah. It's great. Um, I don't really have a warn, although, um, uh, we were talking about Eminem earlier mm-hmm. and like that, that, I know that music video for river has probably been out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just now started to come on to Epic awesome videos, which is where I see most of my music videos, unfortunately, because it's, it's a, it's a sensor fest <laughs> all the way through it. But um they don't even let uh camilla cabello say uh heroin um oh yeah it's cabello yeah heroin heroin yeah you don't let her like they're they're protecting people from heroin as long yes if if she doesn't say it if we block it out no one will do heroin it's something like touching me stroking me or something like that instead of she says nicotine yeah something like that um but 
But that river video, what the fuck is going on with that? I haven't seen Which it. Which one is this one? So this is the one where he they inter- they're interviewing Eminem. Ah, I've seen that. Yep. And like uh and so of course all the way there they're doing the song and then they'll break and have an interview. And the the story of the video is that he's he's like had this one night stand that turned into something bigger or whatever with this woman who was married and i guess he didn't know she was married and like they're having interviews with the husband Mm -hmm. and interview with the the girl and all that and like and and it's this whole thing like okay is this eminem confessing to some sort of bullshit thing weird yeah and like and there's a whole segment that just takes the entire video down where she's like i'm pregnant and he's like he goes Oh, I, I, he's like, he's like, we can't keep this baby. And he's like, you got to take responsibility for this. <laughs> it's like, it's a fucking reality show. All of a sudden it's like a camera on the floor and it's like they're in the background somewhere arguing. And, uh, Man, I got to check this out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, a, it's not even a recommend or a warn. You can't avoid <laughs> it really. I mean, you, you, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, stuff. She says something like, he's like, uh, I thought we were just messing around. And she says something like, well, this is what happens when you stick your dick in me. <laughs> and of course, of course, in MTV is like, stick your bleep in me. Um, but like, uh, it's, uh, it's the most baffling mu- and Ed Sheeran's in it. Yeah. Ed Sheeran's over there. Like, you know, coming in the Eminem he's song doing, and he's doing, doing, his, doing his Ed Sheeran stuff. Just because he sings the chorus. Yeah. I don't like that song very much, though. Is that the Sorry That I Let You Down song? Or is that another Ed Sheeran one? I'm sorry that I let you down. No, that's another one. That's another one. Yeah. This is uh, I Let The Rhythm Run. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's the one of the most baffling music videos I've ever seen. And yeah, they, they, they talked to the husband and he's like, well, t- tell, tell us about your wife. He's like, yeah, that's a long story, you know? And then <laughs> like, uh, and then, uh, and then they say, he says, Oh, you said she's pregnant. Like he's just now finding this out <laughs> in the filming of yeah. the video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got to check this out. It sounds bonkers. It is. Uh, I got to wreck a warn. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. So, Atomic Blonde. We were oh. talking about this a little bit uh, before the thing. I can't decide whether I like this movie or not. Yeah, it's kind of in between, isn't it? And just like Jeremy, I was I was pretty pumped to see this. Like I was really wanting to experience this as a John Wickian type of thing, or even Jonathan told us it was more James Bond. I was like, okay, cool. Um, it's just something about this movie that just prevents me from really, really liking it. I like the style of it. I like the visuals. Charlize is fantastic. Um, and she does kick it. It has one unbelievable fight scene in it. Yes, it does. That is on par with any born, uh, movie that you've ever seen. You know what I think it might be is that, and, and, and I, and I've just freshly watched this myself, but, um, it, it the story seems to come to a halt at some point like they're looking for this list yeah and that which is codenamed the list yes <laughs> and and yeah she's she's looking for this list and but it, it i don't know it keeps running into dead ends yeah and, and then keeps, she's just she keeps going back to her hotel room and there's a reason that she's going back to her hotel yeah room. but it looks like she's just lounging around just Drinking vodka and like yeah, getting into bath. she drinks a lot of vodka in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it is from my perspective uh. because I wrote a sin about this and then I cut it because it was overlong and not very funny. The movie opens with a very bland, trying to be frenetic 
kind of chase, somebody dies and gets mm-hmm. tossed over a thing. You don't know who any of those people are, and the actors aren't very familiar. Mm-hmm. It then cuts to Charlize getting out of an ice bath, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then she slowly walks to a building. Yeah. And as she gets to the front of the building, it goes goes to black and bam, atomic blonde. Yeah, the and like the suicide I squad. I wrote a sin that was like, you didn't earn a bam title <laughs> moment. <laughs> Maybe I have to put it back because you guys are laughing. Yeah, <laughs> you, I think so. You had a little boring section here and then she was walking. Like, like, if you want if you want a bam title moment, put Charlize in that action sequence and then go bam after that. Yeah. But yeah. it was like it was like they were following some template. And then they just put boring shit in front of the BAM. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm, from there on, I think it was hard for me to get and, into. And yeah. I don't even, they hardly even get back to that, uh, that guy from the original opening scene. Barely. And, uh, there's like weird photographs of him all throughout the movie. I don't know what her connection is to him. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, James McAvoy is playing this guy who's obviously like a double agent or something like that. And, um, and she's got to watch out for whatever he does, but, yeah, there's something mixed up about that movie. Something just they needed, I didn't hate it. They but needed it a thread, a stronger thread pulling through that. I think, and yeah, there's and it's working itself up to this, you know, this basically one shot action scene, which I don't know how many cuts are in there, but it's so good. It, the it starts off, it starts off like twenty minutes. It's like almost twenty minutes. It's brutal. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, there's something missing. Something yeah. missing from yeah, yeah, I agree. So proceed with caution. All right. Do you have a warrant? I do. Are we okay on time? Uh, let's just do the warn and then we'll, we'll sign yeah. up. All right. Well, my warn, I'm going back to HBO, HBO originals, uh, Paterno. Oh, you saw this? I did because this is literally what happened. I'm flipping channels and I, I just didn't want to watch something I had seen before. And Paterno was premiering that night and it was literally the only thing on any of the movie channels I hadn't seen before. Uh-huh. I was like, well, what the fuck? Actually, what sold it for me was Riley Keough's in this movie oh, yeah. as a journalist. And Greg Grumberg is in this movie mm-hmm. as the, uh, the son, um, Scott, Scott Paterno. This is the, this, when people ask, <laughs> what is a movie that shouldn't have been made? This should be a picture of this movie in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. It is too soon. What was it? It's 2000, too uncomfortable. 12, 2013. 2010. 2010, yeah. It's too uncomfortable. It's literally. By the way, this is apparently all Barry Levinson is doing anymore, is taking real life people, because he did the Spectre movie with Pacino, <laughs> and he did that- Kevorkian movie with Pacino. Well, and he did the D- De Niro movie about Bernie Madoff. Right, yeah. Um, and they are all pretty bland. Mm-hmm. And this is another one to add into the fold. First of all, I do not think personally that Joe Paterno is somebody who, eight years after learning what he was aware of and did nothing to stop, deserves- some kind of fair look at his life. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give a fair look at Paterno's life, you need to do it maybe 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it just felt so uncomfortable. It's just, it's the same exact feeling I had watching that Anita Hill movie HBO made. <laughs> oh yeah. When they're, when they're, whenever anybody, anybody would say pubic hair and Coke can, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> I lived through this already. I don't want to do it again. And it's the same thing with Paterno. It's just, fictionalized versions of people saying so he was fucking that kid in the shower oh he was really ramming him and i'm like what the fuck am i why did you make this and then the whole thing is just like basically it seems to be what did paterno know the movie focuses basically from when the news broke to when he was fired Mm. and that's basically all you see so it's already the very very end of his career pacino couldn't play a younger version of paterno because he's so old himself now but it's basically the movie's basically saying what did he know and when did he know it but the movie knows the answer and holds it until the very last scene to basically show you uh, he knew in the 70s. 
Oh, shit. And I just don't know why you want to spend two hours making me wonder if you already know the answer. And this is just, it's just, it's like, I don't want to see a movie about the Vanderbilt rape case. Mm -hmm. Some things are just not cinematic. I'm not saying you can't make movies about uncomfortable subjects, but we got to draw a line somewhere. I agree. And the the mere idea of a Paterno movie was unsettling to begin with, but having watched it, there's there's nothing there that you didn't know. No one gives an amazing performance that you're going to write home about. The, Pacino's just fine. Half the yeah, Pacino's just fine. Mm. Half the scenes are literally recreations of things you can see for real. Like when he comes out after he's been fired, and the the, the fans and students are cheering on his yard. They recreate. It's like a ten minute scene in the movie. Jeez. I'm like, I already saw that. It was yeah. on ESPN over and over and over <laughs> Eight again. Years ago. God, this movie pissed me off. Anyway, I would I would warn. It's probably not as bad as I'm making it sound, but for something that probably didn't need to be made in the first place, feels like worse than it is. I did not just, have any icky. interest in seeing yeah, this. Yeah, stay away. By the way, Levinson did do the uh, Jack of Orkian movie, but David Mamet did the Phil Spector one. He wrote. Oh, I didn't that. realize that. So, just uh, it's all those HBO Pacino biopics. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the Phil so Spector one? By the way, no. Did you see that? No. I just remember seeing the pictures of. Yeah, he looks like has got a 6.3 on IMDb. Oh, yeah. The uh, Paterno has 6.7, so it's probably right. I'm a 6.7 on the Richter scale. Yes. I'm like, I, every time I see Greg Grumberg, I'm like, dude, you deserve so much better than this. I know. Like, even when he's in something good, I'm like, you're better and more charming than the work you get suggests. Because it's always this. It's always like, oh, he's Joe Paterno's son. Or, oh, he has a cameo in one, one of the Mission Impossible he's getting, movies. He's getting heavy. I haven't seen heavy except the one time. I forgot he was in there. No, he's getting heavy. He's getting heavy. He's huge in Paterno. Really? Yeah, he seems he's like he's, he's Actually, that was one of the few things I thought watching this movie was. I didn't realize Greg Grumberg was that big. <laughs> he was pretty plump in Star Wars. Oh, see, I forget. He's, see, but even that, they're yeah. just like, I'll throw he's him a bone. He's crammed into that cockpit. He's like the throw him a bone guy. And everybody's been throwing him a bone his whole career, but nobody's ever given him any meat. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's really hadn't had anything... Since Heroes, maybe, to, to really or chew on. Alias. I think Heroes was after Alias, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was great in both of those. All right. Well, we don't have time for questions. I'm sorry about that, guys. We got Goddamn a Indiana. Back we'll have to, log of questions. Yeah, we'll One have day to we'll do have to do a question yes. episode. And, keep and, sending them in, though. Yeah, keep sending them in because, I mean, we'll get we'll get to these and we keep running out of time on this stuff. But uh, anyway, keep going to Sincast presented by CinemaSins uh and uh on facebook and give us uh give us your questions tell us give us some comments about this episode uh if we forgot anything about any of the states at all i mean <laughs> tell us because you know we'd really like to know we still i still it, feel like there's one we're missing it's eating at me but i don't know what it <laughs> I don't is know what it is either i don't know what it is it's something classic something, yeah something, something n- nominated for an award it might be like purple rain or something like that no be. that would be minnesota wouldn't yeah, it? Is it it would it be in june Benny and June, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. I feel like I don't that know. was basketball in... diaries. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember uh, from that movie, aside from the confessional scene and the excessive masturbation, is before one game they have this big handful of pills. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think it was Marky Mark. It was like, which one of the ups? <laughs> <laughs> and they accidentally take the downs. That's right. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, keep going, keep going there. Uh, and uh, you can go to SoundCloud. You can go to Twitter. You can go to Reddit. There's a million places that you can come and comment on mm-hmm. this episode. But uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. 
Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Um, and then what's eating Gilbert Grape? That'll make Frank, <laughs> Frank happy. God damn it. I swear to God, I forgot this. I was going to put in my email, let's not mention what's eating Gilbert Grape and get to the end of Iowa oh, yeah. and just to fuck <laughs> with Frank from Twitter, let's say, oh, we forgot one and then name something else that's not well, what's eating Gilbert well, Grape. Well, what about, what about we do the troll thing where we go, there seems like there's something else. For <laughs> you want to do that? Sure. Why don't why don't we do, actually talk about it at the end so that if people who listen to the outtakes will you know we'll, okay we'll get it we can do that what's eating Gilbert Grape is a good movie hey Gilbert <laughs> that's all I remember from that movie it is um, a good movie it's uh, it's disturbing and him doing this with his fingers yeah mm-hmm. yep that's yeah. uh, it, uh that's the definitely the movie that launched Leonardo DiCaprio's career and a little guy known as Johnny Depp yeah mm-hmm. oh wait well he was and this famous. was a, like well Johnny Depp even I felt like was underrated during this period of time. Yeah. Like he was a star, like you know, he was in Edward Scissorhands. And- He's gone from underrated to properly rated to overrated yeah. as his career progressed. Yeah, um, I mean, who knows what happens to 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 people who do consistently great work like he did in the nineties and really never got much accolades for it mm-hmm. or anything, and then suddenly he does, you know, fucking Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. And suddenly everybody loves him. I mean, wh- what does that do to a human being? It does what it did to Johnny Depp. It, does, yeah. well, it makes them yell and scream drunkenly at their girlfriend. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. It does Spend make them do millions that. of dollars on wine. Mm-hmm. That's correct. <laughs> I love the idea. I swear. I, I want to. I want. I want this to be true. That he's like part of the money he lost went to having somebody read his lines into an earpiece on the set <laughs> of one of the pirates movies because he's just too lazy to memorize anymore uh, like i want that to be true <laughs> <laughs> a story like that's gotta be true <laughs> but uh but uh what's eating gilbert grape has uh well you have juliet lewis is in it and mm-hmm. john c Riley. Um, oh yeah i forgot um but uh there it's uh it's i don't would you would would you call this coming of age? This is more of a, I don't know, I guess it is, kind of. I think it's more of a realizing your age. Yeah, maybe mm. so. I don't, I don't know. know. I know it a, ends because Because Johnny Depp, like, it, like he, like, Juliette Lewis, you know, wants to get with him and everything, but he ends up, like, with Mary Steenburgen in this. Mm. Like, a, well, it's an affair. And, and then, like, yeah, like, why don't you go after somebody who's, like, available and <laughs> and and you know and gorgeous at the time juliet lewis is would you ever consider juliet lewis gorgeous uh there was a period where i thought that she was very very around old school a little bit before that no yeah it's mm-hmm. weird it's it's i don't know she's got an unusual look to her that i've always found endearing oh i thought i think she's attractive yeah yeah, yeah. uh and 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 natural born killers even like mm-hmm. i just I don't know something here's about- the problem with her for me is that the first five or six roles she took that had any kind of prominence she's playing literally the stupidest person you've ever encountered (laughs) with an accent that is like hick central yeah (laughs) and and i don't think she ever recovered from that in my book yeah uh and it became the kind of thing where and now i just kind of think that's who she is in real life 
<laughs> uh, not, not really, of course. Yes. I mean, never really. But then, yeah, you have their their mom is like this shut in who's mm-hmm. uh, like seven hundred pounds or something like that. I remember seeing yeah. the movie. I saw it once in theaters, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the movie and coming out going, "What's eating Gilbert Grape? Everything." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like his life sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a, a Lassa Hallstrom movie. He'll he'll. Oh. Uh, He'll go on to do stuff like Chocola. Oh, did he also do the Cider House Rules? Cider House Rules. Mm. He's done a he's done a lot of movies you've heard of. He's AKA like, Get Okay with Abortion already. That's yeah, a, that's a, that movie subtitle. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it was. I mean, Lassa Hallstrom. There was a there was a time where uh, just about everything he ever did would get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, like mm. it, it was. It just it, he's got seventy three directing credits. Jesus. Jeez. Uh, so if you started back in, uh, so what's eating Gilbert? He did once around as well. He did. And it's funny. I br- brought up something to talk about briefly. He huh. did that. Huh. Um, that maybe sucks. So yeah, Cider house rules, Shakala, the shipping news, Casanova shipping news. That was uh spacey, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, and, uh, M M Judy Dench is in shipping. News. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. movie called an unfinished life. Then the hoax, which was pretty good. Um, dear uh-huh. John, <laughs> was that Sandy Bullock? No, that was that uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, Amanda oh. Seyfried movie, and then uh, sal- uh, salmon fishing in the Yemen, um, safe haven, which looks like another. Um, it is Sparks movie. That's the one with Josh Duhamel and um, Pretty Dancer Girl, mm-hmm. Julianne Ho. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, we can we put that in the outtakes for Frank there. We're and, trolling one and, person. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I don't care. It's awesome. Eminem's been on uh, Twitter a bunch recently. He's got a new album to support. That's true. I just settled on my lawsuits. Fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> Fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> no, my favorite uh, Frank Stan's outtake is when he's in bed with George, when he's staying, like, sleeping in his bed with George. Yeah. And he, he leans over because it's, it's the end of the episode where they just pan in on George and it pans out and you see Frank next to him and he's got this bowl and he's like, Kasha. <laughs> and he's looking just dead at him and uh, Jason Alexander just cracks the fuck up. He's like, he can't take it anymore. He like falls out of bed. <laughs> oh, you fucking computer. <laughs> and she was naked um, in two days in the valley too yes that's where i first saw Charlie. yeah said. that's two a days. that's a fun movie isn't it it's been forever since i've seen it uh i don't remember it being terribly like amazing i remember james spader's character was really interesting. james spader's a dick yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember feeling like it was another one of those. Hey, let's do a movie that's like Pulp Fiction. Yep. There's a scene. Totally there's was. a scene where he starts like like grabbing her boobs and everything, yeah. and then they have this like sound that goes that, that cuts in. It's it's cutting into the next scene, but they want you to get associate him touching her boobs with this. And the, the next scene is like somebody stirring spaghetti or cooking <laughs> spaghetti or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> it's well, what the hell, man? <laughs> Is, is touching her boobs like, like, like I mean, I don't like two bags of sand. Yeah, exactly. Who did two days in the valley? Mm, nobody that has done anything since. Ooh, that's that's John Hertzfeld. Well, you're probably right. That that that, that doesn't sound like a name I've heard before, though. He did reach me fifteen minutes. Yep. 
Ah, is that the one with? That's the second Pacino. Yeah. Oh no, it's Ed Burns and De Niro, right? Yeah, that's a terrible movie. Yeah, Bobby Z, Two yeah, of the, a Kind. Yeah, he hasn't done the shit. The Pacino movie is eighty-eight minutes. <laughs> eighty-eight minutes. And the Bruce Willis movie is sixteen blocks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there was a point. There was a time where I was because uh, you can do a thing with numbers with Bruce Willis movies. Oh yeah. There's the Sixth Sense. There's the Fifth Element. Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys. Um, yeah, you had Holy sixteen shit. blocks. Um, there's uh, a whole nine yards. Whole nine whole yards. Ten yards. Whole ten yards. Uh, there's there's a couple others too, but it's funny because Bruce. I mean, now technically you can do this with a lot of actors, but it seemed like it came up yeah, with that, Bruce Willis a lot. It's a lot just right off the top of our. Head. Yeah, yeah. So, jeez, Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, you could you could count that. <laughs> uh, let me let me look at Bruce Willis's uh, credits and see if there's other. There's a five. Which one's the five? Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Shit, we already did that. What's the four? I'm going to come up with the four. <laughs> or the three. three I mean, you Three could, Days in the Valley. You, you, yeah, Three Days in the Valley. <laughs> you, could, you could obviously, like, technically say, like, Die Hard 2 is in there, but that doesn't <laughs> no. count really to me. Uh, let's see. Three, threesome. He's not in <laughs> Threesome. <laughs> Remember, there were, there were two threesome movies that came out at, yeah. around the same time? You two guys, uh, a guy and a girl, or what was it? No, you had threesome, and you had, uh, what was that other one? Trois. Trois. No. Well, there was a trois. There, <laughs> the, was, there was that. Do you remember? But, it, but yeah. the same summer, as, the same year as threesome, there was yes, another one. it was something, heart was in the title, maybe? You're right. Three of hearts? Oh, it might have been three of hearts. I think it was three of hearts. Holy shit. <laughs> And it starred Bruce Willis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Three of Hearts came out in 1993. That had William Baldwin in it. Uh, after he, her female lover leaves her, a nurse hires a male escort to seduce the lover and then break her heart so she will return. It doesn't sound like a threesome movie. <laughs> I thought Stephen Baldwin was in one of the three threesome movies. It'd be hilarious if one of the Baldwins was in there both were, of the three. Very well could be. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going gonna... through the Bruce Willis uh, stuff first. Okay, then... I'll uh, I'll look up the Baldwin. Bruce Willis does have a four, four rooms. Oh, oh four rooms. what about a seven? Does he have a seven? Seven, seven days in the valley. <laughs> seven days <laughs> of the sequel. Condor. Yes, six days, seven nights. <laughs> That's right. Wow, four rooms. He's not even. I thought he wasn't even credited in that movie. He may not be, but he's in it. Yeah, he's oh, he's totally in it. Stephen Baldwin is in threesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we thought of Three of Hearts, which had William Baldwin in it. Yes. That's Isn't weird. that crazy? Um, Maybe I should just Google. Oh, and it's Josh Nef- Charles. Was, was Neff Campbell in that one? Uh, or was it I'll Laura Flynn out, Boyle? I think it was Laura Flynn Boyle. Yep, Laura Flynn Boyle and Josh Charles. So then Neff Campbell was in the other one, for sure, whichever one we're thinking of. Okay. Wild Things? <laughs> yes. Well, there is a, there is a threesome, threesome in that, in that movie. <clears throat> you know what when it comes down to it there's a lot of threesomes in a lot of movies still not enough though yeah i agree i mean the uh the, the swingers of the world are grossly underrepresented by <laughs> three to tango <laughs> three to tango now they didn't come out at the same time they were like five years apart but still wasn't three to tango like a goofy rom-com or something um probably i could just see the cover of the a rich businessman's assumption that his new colleague is gay leads him to ask the man to keep an eye on his mistress. Oh, However, nice. <laughs> the man is not gay. I like your movie voice. Mm. <laughs>